it's amazing to just cut back to Elder Farrell sitting at the same table with the black person. He is so fucking afraid. I'm I'm surprised he's not <laughs> crying in the corner going, he's looking at me. <laughs> do they eat food like we do? <laughs> what if he wants to hear some jazz? <laughs> Every time he looks at him, he starts scatting out of fear. Look, that calmed him down. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because people have told us to fuck ourselves too often not to take the advice. I'm your host, Noah Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. So, uh, you remember the L.A. riots? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So did the white people who made this movie. (laughs) This will be a fun depiction of Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. And sitting 81 miles to my right, of course, is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I'm pretty fantastic, Noah. You know, I thought originally for this episode we were just going to take a woman and beat her up on the air, but I think this is <laughs> is this worse. I think we found a worse thing to do. Um, we really did it well here, the uh, abuse of women this episode. It's really Yeah, good. and we're also fortunate to be welcoming two guest masochists this week. You may know Mark and Doug from Thank God I'm Atheist or from The How-To Heretic, but if you know them at all, you know them to be a couple of Exmos. God, where were you guys last week? But at least we've got you this week. <laughs> Oh, I felt so bad for you guys. Oh, I needed the fucking Rosetta Stone. I needed, you know what I needed was a magic fucking thumbum and umum or whatever to figure out that goddamn show. It was written in, that fucking movie was written in Reform Egyptian. <laughs> so sad. So sad. Well, thanks for having us, guys. It's, it's good to be here. And, and you know, uh, Uncle Doug is my actual little brother. And he's uh, he's kind of the third wheel on our, our show at the How to Heretic and you know, he's atheist podcasting's first heterosexual male fluffer. So he helps me and Dan <laughs> fake our way through it. Not, not true. true. <laughs> Fuck you, Mark. <laughs> Don't you be jumping on Heath's claim to fame. <laughs> What's up, Heath? Hey, hey, how's it going? Just fluffing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us, Heath, once you're, you know, finished, obviously, what will we be? Bre- I'm good. Okay. What will we be breaking down today? <laughs> we watched... God's Army 2, States of Grace. It's a a buddy cop movie about a a Nephite and a log cabin Lamanite whose uh, Mormon special ops team tries to clean up the mean streets of Santa Monica, California. It's it's Missionary Impossible. It's pretty sweet. For so many reasons, Missionary is impossible in this movie. All right, and Eli... How bad was this movie? Well, if you hated the horrible psychological abuse of God's Army 1, but the high, high stakes of whether or not you were wishing to the right demon were just too much for you, you (laughs) will love this movie. This movie involves a child murder, a drive-by shooting, and a reformed gang member, but its major conflict is two consenting adults fucking (laughs) all right and and now of course we're extending out mormon movie month by one extra week by popular demand and we needed exmos this week because the contention of this movie clearly 
is that going on a Mormon mission is just one action adventure after another, right? It's all <laughs> gunfights and gang wars and drive-bys and basketball tournaments. So um, we have, I, I believe we have a former missionary on with us, don't we? That's right. I am your former missionary expert. Oh, right on. Cool. So is that Where'd about you go, right? Beverly Hills or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like living the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's amazing. What <laughs> And Doug, Doug went to the Beverly Hills of Central America. He went yeah. to Honduras. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> uh, well, at least they didn't take any kids from you on the way back. Okay. Um, as as so know. is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, I'm going to go with best worst tattoos. <laughs> they are ridiculous. One of, the, one of the main characters has the silliest tattoos <laughs> And they clearly wrote in a reason to have his shirt off just to show off these terrible, mm. terrible choices. They're somehow like 8-bit graphics. <laughs> They're made of like black licorice sprinkles and a glue stick. And, like, <laughs> and, and the two biggest pieces are the word familia and this guy's last name. Yeah. Like if yeah. I spent $1,000 to write surname Enright across my moves <laughs> forever in giant letters. <laughs> Okay, I was going to go with best worst confession. All right, there's a moment in this movie where the love interest has to tell the main character, I don't know, maybe main character, sub-main character, co-main character uh, about her sordid past. And, you know, my wife can't have kids, so I'll never know what it is to hold my first son or daughter in my arm. But I have this scene, so I kind of <laughs> know what it's like. It's goddamn amazing. You have teeth, yeah. too. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I never held you in my arms. You might get a chance to hold a baby in your arms someday that belongs to somebody else. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> if you accept Mark Softer after all the years of me grabbing babies at malls and you being like, put it back, put it back. we were <laughs> You grab shitty babies at malls, man. <laughs> yeah. I want to nominate this for best worst. Y'all know how to party. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll get there. But usually, when someone says "y'all know how to party," in my mind, I see Dre and Tupac with a bunch of girls in bikinis. I don't normally see a Midwesterner uh, accountant's retirement party. Yeah, <laughs> it rocks. I mean, if it was like like that self aware comic movie we did last week, that would have been exactly right. You know, they, they, like if they were making fun of how Mormons party, that this would have been exactly spot on. But they weren't, so it's amazing. I had uh, I had best worst. How can I be a racist? I made a movie about my black friend. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the racial politics of this movie are alarming, but they are also super woke from a Mormon context. <laughs> this is the Mormon version of your dad sending you a text being like, have you heard about these Black Lives Matterin? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they, I mean, I always thought they, I don't know, I got a friend Rick at work, he's got a t-shirt, so... Rick's cool. <laughs> yeah, this is your grandma saying, I saw a black in the swimming pool and I didn't call the SWAT team. Okay, yeah, right, right. Doesn't come off in case you were wondering. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we've got something like 50 pages of collective notes, so we're going to keep the break brief. But when we come back, we're going to dive into all the heroic undertakings that are God's Army 2 States of Grace. Mm. Mm. Hey, hey, Heath, Heath, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, hey, hey, Eli, I was just, 
Uh, I was just trying to move the old mattress. Oh. Went out. Y y yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, as you can see, the nicest mattress. Uh, it's really not that nice at all, but super expensive. So I feel like it should, you know, take it with me. So just <clears throat> get it around the corner. Why don't you just try Casper mattress? Oh, what's um, what's a Casper mattress? It's the internet's favorite mattress. The breathable design of each mattress helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial and returns are hassle-free if you're not completely satisfied. Wow, that, that sounds pretty good. I mean, this one keeps me cool too, though. Oh, it does? How? Yeah, uh, well, it's got holes. Oh. Cool, coolness holes. Cool, mm -hmm. cool. But right now, podcast listeners are invited to take advantage of Casper's competitive, limited-time-only 4th of July offer. For a limited time, visit casper.com slash savings and save up to $225 off your order. It's a limited-time offer only. This special offer expires July 9th, 2018. Terms and conditions apply. So if I go to casper.com slash savings, I can save up to $225 off my first order? Until July 9th, you bet you can. Wow. Uh, do you have a Casper mattress? I sure do. In fact, the fact that my Casper mattress arrived at my door in that how-they-do-it-sides box was one of the reasons I chose them, and I've never slept better. All right, Squeaky. I think it's time to let you go, buddy. Sorry about that. <laughs> Name the mattress Squeaky is because of the springs in there? No. no it's, it's, it's filled with mice. It's oh, okay. Squeak. <laughs> They breathe with the holes. <laughs> That's how the holes got. Hey, podcast listener, do you love god-awful movies? I say, old boy, this just won't do. What do you mean? Allow me, old boy. Good evening, podcast partitioner. It's me, British Live Tour announcer guy, here with triumphant news, don't you know? The first ever god-awful movie program at the London's beautiful Conway Hall. Quite so. The chefs will be taking on some of Christian cinema's biggest faux pas. There will be costumes, chicanery, and more, all on October 6th at 8pm. That was chicanery, don't you know? And don't forget about platinum tickets, which include dinner and private riff tracks viewing of the movie the night before with the cast, don't you know? It also comes with a gift bag that contains all our merchandise. But don't wait, there's only 30 tickets to platinum night and they sell like biscuits. That was a biscuit. So check the show notes of this episode for ticket links and more. If you attend, we'll have sex with you, old chap. Wait, what? And we're back for the breakdown. And this movie isn't going to make us wait for the bad sports. And you can get that square off your game bingo right the fuck away. <laughs> we're going to open with a montage of Mormons missing shots in basketball. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> and you like the director definitely wanted to skip the actual playing of basketball. But these actors were like, no, I played three years of CYO at St. Catharines. I could do through the legs dribble. I, I can ball. I'm made for this role. <laughs> insisted. It was the first basketball game ever to get to 100 points with just granny shots, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely at one point they were like, okay, so how many black guys do you think we should have in the basketball scene? Like, what seems the least racist? Should we do 
Like one or well, <laughs> one. One, 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 yeah. One. Three out of five seems the most racist. <laughs> yeah, we'll do one. We'll do one. And for a movie that had more than one black actor to only cast one in the basketball game was a ballsy move. Yeah, right. <laughs> but to be fair, based on the amount of black actors they could probably get their hands on, they would have had to beat people in double parts. So it would have been like <laughs> the guy who shoots someone later in a mustache. I'm sure they tried it and threw that idea out. Well, the guy that they probably had a guy that wanted they they wanted to have shooting baskets holding a boombox on his shoulder and he quit. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we have to get some sexism right away. Just racism won't do. So there's two women watching the men play and then one woman wants to play and she's able to throw a basketball in a hoop despite the vagina. Oh, <laughs> she was good. Yeah. Sarah Huckabee Sanchez can ball. <laughs> this is Latina Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And I find her very attractive, actually, weirdly. So the, the whole point of this moment in the movie is like, you're a girl, you can't play. And then she's good at basketball. But I wanted her to like charge the basket, just start throwing elbows. Just like, oh, God damn it. This is why we don't let you play. <laughs> no, this, bas this basketball game rivals the one in Catwoman. <laughs> we redid Heath's choice for the superhero movie on, on, on our secular bonus episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. So they play basketball for, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour on screen. And then every, all the, and it's all Mormons, uh, all in their Mormon gear. And then everybody gets, goes to packing up. But Lozano, as he'll eventually be named, uh, wants to play some more. And he's really pissed that everybody else wants to go off in Mormon when they could be playing basketball. And the point of this is that Lozano's only got a couple more weeks and then he's out of this place. So, Doug, as our resident former missionary, was leaving your mission like being in Nam? Like, did you talk about big breasted <laughs> airline stewardesses and do heroin and fuck Vietnamese hookers? Because he is counting the days. He's cutting himself to mark it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eli, I was in Honduras for my mission, so I would have done pretty much anything for some penicillin. <laughs> I I literally contracted malaria and I had dengue fever and dysentery at the same time. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. ST malaria. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but everybody has to go back and, and, and Mormon some more. So he reluctantly heads off with his impossibly white, like platonic form of Mormon, the, the partner for Lozano. Yeah. That's Elder Farrell. And, and yes. I, I want to talk about Elder Farrell's uh, uh, physical appearance here, if we can, for just a second, because, <laughs> because I don't think we're going to stop talking about it. But I, El, Elder Farrell's face is like when you go to look at a new house and there's no furniture in it, just divots <laughs> in the beige carpet. He's He's got an unfurnished face. <laughs> oh, my God, that's perfect. Elder Farrell looks like he's been shadowing someone at a used car dealership for the last 16 years. He's just like, any day, I'm going to get out on the sales floor on my own. And then a, a street diversity montage later. And I want to point out, okay, this takes place in Santa Monica, California, which, according to this filmmaker, is one long graffiti scrawled alley that runs along the Pacific Ocean for 17 miles, right? Yeah, it's just... Women in bikinis, heroin addict. Women in bikinis, <laughs> heroin addict. That's all Santa Monica is. Well, that probably is about... Pretty cool place. Correct, yeah. So the two Mormons are walking through there and they're talking about... 
I don't fucking, they're speaking Mormon, right? I, I noticed that hot <laughs> women were walking by, but I don't know what the hell they were talking about. Oh, you want me to tell you what they were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Doug, what were they talking about? I have no idea what they were talking about. All I know is every time I sing a hymn, I get a woody. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, that was fucking amazing. So this hot chick walks by and the one Mormon turns to the other and says, sing a hymn. And he's like, what? He's like, when you have a dirty thought, sing a hymn. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm just going to throw this out there right now. That would be a tough world for me. That would not go well. <laughs> Dude, did you see the new Kim Kardashian photo shoot? No, show me. Okay, check it out. Check it out. Look. Oh, love of us, I pack um, and Hey, hey, but, hey. But, uh, what are you doing? Oh, sorry, man. You know what they say. <laughs> Dirty thoughts. Sing a hymn. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I guess I can't blame you. Yeah. Anyway, um, did you see the new Helen Mirren movie? I hear she's like. Super duper good looking. Um, oh, okay, okay. If so, Helen, Helen Mirren did it. Yep. Sure. Uh, okay. I guess. I mean, two votes. Uh, all right. How about we just play some pinball? Yeah, yeah. That should that should be fine. I guess there won't be any issue. Cool. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, I remember playing this as a little kid. So much fun. It was play a lot of. Pinball. Okay, get the fuck out. Oh. <laughs> I apologize. For the record, I apologize. <laughs> that, That's why we that let you back. Tricky. I'd be walking around like those grail monks, just like, hey, baby, don't <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, all right. So as they're having this sing a hymn, stop looking at these hot chicks moment, they run into, literally run into a group of Lamanites, but just street blacks that would like to beat them up. For encountering them. <laughs> Can we talk about the hair trigger of this group of guys? Oh, my God. They didn't, they didn't bump into a group of black men. They bumped into what Jeff Sessions thinks about as he auto-asphyxiates. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see these guys at the shopping mall or on public transit just trying to live their lives with that level of volatility. <laughs> it would look like that scene from The Matrix 2 where he's taking out all of the uh, Agent Smiths or something. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's an important Mormon life lesson here, which is that if you look lustily at a woman that isn't your cousin, you will run into black people who will be rude to you. <laughs> but, but as we find out later in this altercation, as luck would have it, if a fight with black people breaks out, it'll always fall apart because it degenerates into infighting among themselves, like Africa or, or Biggie and Tupac. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so rude. Like every single... Negative black stereotype in like five seconds pops yes. out. Like they bump on the street and these three guys turn into fucking Boko Haram's rape squad all of a sudden. They've got like AK 47s with like 22 inch spinners on the side for no reason. It's so ridiculous. Chicken stuck into the spokes of the spinners. He's chomping on it. You almost knocked off my chicken. So. And then also, by the way, they, they have this great moment, and this is one of the classic Christian movie conundrums where these guys have to, like, yell at these Mormons, these 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 gangsters, but they're not cussing, right? right so they're going, right. what's up, John the Baptist? Come on, John the Baptist. <laughs> that will sort of be an allegory for who you later will be in the movie as John the Baptist. <laughs> That's the cussing. But yes, but of course, it, it, they'll be okay because the second they walk away... 
a drive-by gangster comes through to mow him down with a fully automatic. Oh, I love this scene. <laughs> and we should clarify, when we say fully automatic, we mean like the machine gun Arnold pulls off of the military truck in Terminator 2. It is like a <laughs> mini gun. This thing shoots a bajillion bullets. And oddly enough, I want to see if anyone else noticed this. The first thing he shoots is their popcorn stand? I don't think aid was a big thing for this guy. Yeah. No, it, the the, the gangbanger in this stop by shooting is having more trouble using that <laughs> Uzi than I would have using a vagina. So <laughs> he fucking morons to get a simpler gun. Absolutely having a lot of... Tr- like, I hate to give notes to the murder gang, but... <laughs> Maybe practice up on the reloading. Yeah, I mean, right. It was like an infomercial for Ron Popeil's bump stock. He's just like, oh my God, this must be easier way. Exactly. He unloads a D-Day quantity of bullets from this constantly yes. jamming gun. So, yeah, yeah. All of fucking Matt Damon's brothers were taken out during the shooting of this scene. <laughs> So the the drive-by ends, and of course, I'm sorry, well, during the drive-by, the Mormon has to have a saving the frozen little girl moment, right? Yeah. Okay, Lazaro <laughs> saves the little girl, but Alda Farrell gets something in his eye and calls a timeout. <laughs> yes. I know. I imagine this is what go, going to war with Eli would be like. It's like, <laughs> come on, let's take the hill. And Elder Farrell's like, I've got something in my eye. <laughs> Ow, out, time out. Seriously, guys, stop. Stop. Stub my I'm finger. Tell my you dad. stubbed your finger? How'd you stub your finger? And we know we know he was he was being serious because he literally only has one eye. It just touches right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then the the guy drives off uh, from the drive-by shooting. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, the stop-by shooting. The park and, like, back up a little bit, make sure you're in the lines, <laughs> and then fire shooting that they had there. And then all the gangsters run off, except the, the big guy that was being super mean to the Mormons. He's shot, but he's still alive. So Lozano is going to, A, save his life, and, B, reveal he's not wearing his temple garments, y'all. There, were gun, there was gunfire there. He needed that shit. Yeah, that would have saved him. <laughs> and of course, this is what this the reason he's not wearing his temple garment, and the reason we know this is because he has to take off his shirt to help the uh, the um, the black dude that just got shot, and thereby reveal his awesome tattoos. <laughs> awesome <laughs> tattoos. tattoos. <laughs> I love that Elder Farrell is a little shaken by the multiple casualties and lakes of blood. But he was not ready to see Elder Lazaro's no. tattoos. I mean, he has tattoos. I'm going to cry. That was the disturbing thing about this moment. Yeah. And I needed him to address what the tattoos were. Like, hey, let me ask something. Is that just your last fucking name? <laughs> blood dripping off the letters and eyeballs with teardrops. Like, what are you doing? And as we'll see, these guys sleep so close together, they could hold hands while they masturbate. <laughs> they can't close the door to their bathroom, and somehow Elder Farrell didn't realize that his companion was the lead singer of the band Crazy Town. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm sorry. We're going to throw this in reverse for a second. Can't close the door to their bathroom? Correct. You can't, that's a not, thing? That's a thing. I'm going to throw it in reverse a little more. Hold hands while you masturbate? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just like we were, just oh, like we were yeah, kids, Mark. Mark. You don't get that part. Sure. <laughs> we're moving faster than a drive-by shooting in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> just when you think Mormonism can't get more fucked up, they're not allowed to close the bathroom door. <laughs> 
oh my gosh, I want to be a Mormon missionary now just for the punishment for someone yes, else. Right, yeah, exactly. It's like just to just to keep eye contact while you're shitting. No, why did you join at 42? It's because my shit smell really bad now. <laughs> Dude, the blood is splashing up onto your chest. Go to a doctor. No, I'm fine. Do we have any appointments this afternoon? Stop talking to me. Lock eyes with me. What are the appointments? <laughs> Tell me where we're supposed to talk to oh! <laughs> Do you want me to hold your hand? <laughs> It's pretty bloody right now. I can't, I, guess <laughs> I can't go when you don't watch. Oh, dude, oh, we're out of toilet Jesus. paper. <laughs> Just print me All that right. bloody shirt. So now Lozano is desperately trying to save this black dude's life. The black guy's pretty sure he's going to die and go to hell. And he's pretty sure that the Mormon dude can give him last rites or something and keep him out of hell, which he can, right? Like by Mormon magic? For some reason, he is real stingy about it. Yeah. So the one thing Mormons could have done was applied consecrated oil to his forehead and given him a blessing. It's not yeah, quite the same thing. to that. Yeah. Well, when a white guy's hurting, yes, we are. <laughs> not for this dude. <laughs> and by the way, the, the way that he treated this gunshot victim with a gut shot and an arm shot was by applying two tourniquets to the same arm. And not yes. addressing his gut shot till the end. I was wondering where he's going to put that second tourniquet. I'm like, are you going to tie that around his chest? I don't. I don't know what you're planning. Also here. next to his right shoulder heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we cut to the emergency room, oh. and apparently the Mormons hitched a ride in the ambulance with this guy. How the fuck did they get there? As you do. This is what happens. The doctors are wheeling him and they go, okay, we'll take it from here. Please back up. And he's like, no. Yeah. No. I'm going to hang out. You guys have any snacks or anything? Get in on? And then this really happens. Lozano, who's covered in the tattoos, just goes, looks around to the emergency room where people are like bleeding and pregnant and sick. And he goes, I need a shirt. Who has a shirt for me? Does anyone have a shirt? Let's talk about the people in the emergency room. Like the extras work was phenomenal. The director's like, okay, big black lady, you're like a broken Roomba that goes back and forth with a little ice bag on your head. And you are pregnant and that hurts like crazy. But make sure your face looks like an anime demon swearing revenge. <laughs> They're all guarding platforms like a Mario turtle. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, so... On the way out of the hospital, the, the Mormons are heading out. The head Mormon shows up. Yeah! If you want a Yay! visual, <laughs> I would say, imagine the thing from Fantastic Four if instead of orange rock, they used mashed potatoes. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he gave up carrying Master around the Thunderdome and took up accounting. <laughs> <laughs> He looks like if I ate Willy Wonka's bubblegum. He's huge. Just like four people all standing together in like a horse costume, but just together standing. One fat yeah. guy. In my notes, I call him Michael Chicklets. <laughs> and Doug, that's that's a mission president, right? Yeah, and they don't introduce us to him. They don't tell us who this man is. He's just some enormous man who shows up at the hospital with an extra shirt for a young boy. 
Yeah. Okay. Why is that weird? Why do you think that's a strange thing? <laughs> <laughs> Judgy. Judgy. All right. So then the Mormons go home. And this is where we meet cra crazy homeless guys screaming about Jesus in front of their apartment 24 hours a day. And hey, God's Army too. you know what? I did not expect the mentally ill homeless man yelling about Christ to be one of the main characters of your movie. Touche. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know, you know, he's crazy because a black. But also, <laughs> bowling shoes. How crazy is that? Huh? Yep. So crazy and homeless. So the Mormons get back to their house. Oh, and this is where we meet love interest, right? She comes walking by in her little waitress outfit, and neither of them sing a hymn, so they're not taking their own advice. So, yeah, so she walks by, and we have to see that she's a good person because right away she gives money to the homeless preacher guy, right? She gives him, like, a quarter. I was like, all right, yeah. don't go crazy. <laughs> And he's unable to fight his his jungle urges because of his cursed race. So he has to check out her behind and comment on it. She's like, oh, you're crazy. And he's like, yeah, bowling shoes. <laughs> I love that he works it into the sermon. He's like, you must not commit adultery no matter how much that apple would just crack right down the seam. <laughs> Covered it up, everybody. Nice, smooth. Jesus. <laughs> So, yeah, so we got Lozano. He's scratching off mission days like a cartoon prisoner. We watch them fall asleep, and then we watch them wake up because this movie is damn specific, right? Yeah. How would we know how they became awake again if we didn't watch them wake up? <laughs> it's like a two-year version of 24, right? <laughs> and it felt like it, too, because this movie, it's like, fuck, this movie was so full of filler in addition to the real-time shit, it was just excruciating. Oh, yeah. All right, so the, the Mormons, are there, they're doing their, like, morning prayer. By the way, also, and, and this is a question for you, Doug, do Mormons sleep in their starch white shirts? <laughs> no, of course not. But then in, in this movie, we would have had to watch them take off their shirts, hang up their shirts, get out of bed, <laughs> put on their shirts, button their shirts, or we'd be totally lost. Right. Yeah. No, that's no, that's he's wearing different clothes. What happened? <laughs> it's called God a narrative device. What year is it? <laughs> Turning potatoes into starch. <laughs> okay. We get it. We get it. All the Mormons who saw this movie go on IMDb to put in a goof every time there's a cut. <laughs> <laughs> Images do not disappear and reappear like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Mormons head out to do some Mormoning, but first they've got to go into the hospital and check out, uh, check on Carl. Carl is the guy that got shot earlier. Oh, man. But they don't do it. No, no, because it wasn't because there were too many black people in the room. Yeah. Were they like, man, that room is not to light some at all. That's 100% what happened. It was like, all right, let's go say hi to the guy we saved. Oh, Good amount of black. <laughs> the flow chart says come back later. <laughs> Oop, more than one. Get out of here. Yeah, right. And of course, I'm writing in my notes at this point. Oh, my God. Carl's going to turn white by the end of this movie, isn't he? Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. He's he's not. All right. So they leave Carl and they go to knock on some doors and we get their little montage of people not being interested in their cult. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. This part is unfortunately very realistic. Of course it is. Who wants yeah. to answer the fucking door? Exactly. Poor poor fat drunk guy being fat and drunk alone in his house. Why doesn't he let us in? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're even worse than being fat and drunk and alone in a house. And, and they're so mad about him not letting him in. It's, it's like, 
you know, why doesn't he let us come in and fuck him while he makes his fried banana sandwiches? What a dick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but it's, it's so it's so indicative of like the Mormon attitude that they're always the victims of whatever shit they start. <laughs> Question. Are you guys going for like that day baptism in that guy's tub? Is that a real thing? Because that's what they indicate in the movie. They like walk out and like nobody ever lets us bathe with them right away in their house. What the fuck? We should rethink the pitch for the baptism. I don't know. Is that real, though? Well, listen, we'll get to it uh, later on. But if there, if somebody says, yes, I'll get baptized, the wheels are greased. They will have you underwater yes. very quickly. <laughs> yeah. The average, the average missionary in North America, Doug, what do you think? Probably gets three, at, zero to three baptisms in two years, wouldn't you say? Best, at best. Yeah. So if there's a bathtub nearby, you best watch out. <laughs> one Mormon's like standing behind you on his hands and knees. The other one's in front. <laughs> I was going to say, if if you slip and fall in a tub near a Mormon, they might keep you under there for just a little bit longer. Be like, hey, sorry, I just needed that to count. You okay? You okay? You're a different religion now. Congratulations. They're just sitting on the edges of swimming pools watching the kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, and then we all, we have, at the end of this montage, it ends on the, Weird, creepy beach homeless guy that wants to have lots of wives. Right, yeah, and we, we, was... we get some nice lies here. It's like, hey, if if I join your Mormonism, can I have lots of wives? And they're like, actually, church put an end to that. No, and <laughs> if you do that, they excommunicate you. No. <laughs> well, some like... of them did. Some of the Mormonism. It's types. your movie. Why are you bringing this up? <laughs> I don't right. understand. Two two moments here. First of all, the guy is more of a whitey ginger than Doug. So what is he doing on the beach? Fuck you. And, <laughs> and secondly, I love that the in in the Mormon context, what's sexy is marriage. I want to marry a lot. That's what that's yeah. what surfer players think. So many weddings. He's oh. looking out at that volleyball game of, of bikini clad women thinking, I'd sure like to get married. Yeah, right. right. I'm gonna go to Target every day. <laughs> Emboss stationary, bro. <laughs> so and, and by the way, speaking of the fucking volleyball shot here, there are an absurd number of gratuitous bikini shots early in this Mormon movie. Like, I bet in the VHS days, these scenes skipped at a lot of Mormon houses. <laughs> I bet these like, actors were just like, silent night. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly. They had right, that, we, gotta, we have to film. We have to they film. were playing it over loudspeakers on set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to cover all the soft weeping of the shame boners. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So that night they're winding down after a hard day of Mormoning. And then this is where Lozano finally decides to tell fucking elder mayonnaise about his gangsta past. Is this where it starts with him fingering his belly in the bathroom? Like yes. he's pregnant? That's correct. Yeah, that yeah. is correct. My my uh, copy skipped a few times on that scene. <laughs> <laughs> and listener. I cannot describe what we are sparing you when I say that there are 700 solid minutes of these Mormons just sort of wandering from room to room, circling <laughs> yes. each other like an early 1970s dark romantic comedy sex scene. <laughs> it is fucking insane. Like this opened up like sex lies and videotape sex scene, right? Like I thought he was yes. just going to like slowly unbutt, but no, they're going to talk about him being in a gang. <laughs> And his story is, I, I was in a, I, I wanted to join a gang like my older brother was in, you know, like the brothers in the hospital today. 
But then I got hit by another gang, like the guy in the hospital today. I got shot in the gut, like the guy in the hospital today. But then I met a Mormon, like the guy in the hospital today. Yes! Is this whole thing some kind of Shakespearean play within a play? (laughs) So, yeah, so his story is that his initiation into the gang that was that he had to rob a pharmacy, but if he killed the guy who ran the pharmacy, he got bonus gang points. <laughs> Weird system. Okay, man, you want to join our gang, you got to rob that pharmacy. I got it. Yeah, but if you kill the owner, you in for life. Whoa, for life, man? For life, Holmes, for life. Okay. What if I don't kill him? Oh, that's a good question. Well, this is Mark. He's from HR, and he's going to explain that. Yeah. I say Mark from HR. So if you don't kill the owner of the pharmacy, you will be on a five-year probationary period, but you can renew to a lifetime membership at any time within that five years. Probationary period, Holmes. Okay. And after the five years? Okay. Well, then you get a performance review, man. That will be with three other gang members. And you review that's a seven-year program, including for new tattoos and a larger share of crack cotcanya sales. But again, that depends on how you do in your performance review. Cool, cool. I like to give a feedback sandwich. Feedback sandwich, Holmes. Good and bad. <laughs> Don't you know I'm loco? <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? What I find so morally repugnant. Uh, and problematic about this movie is that it is Elder Farrell. Is that the useless, fragile man-child is really the protagonist because he's white, right? It's yeah. not the former Latin Kings gang member who found redemption and fought his, you know, his way out and chose to serve people. It's not the black criminal who stared death in the face and allowed himself to be vulnerable and reach out to the strangers who saved him. It's the blubbering white diaper full of vanilla pudding that ennobles <laughs> the duskier uh, people by sitting there and looking fat and dumb. Because his parents decided what his religion was and he never bothered to think about it. (laughs) It's the fucking triumph of mayonnaise casserole and clueless white American privilege. Yes! And it's true. He's the protagonist. Yes! Well, and it it makes so little sense that I didn't realize it until the credits came. I was like, oh, I was supposed to care about that character. Yes, right! (laughs) And he's a fucking coward and a prick. Oh, yeah. Nothing redeeming about this character at all. And what's amazing to me is at this point, like, you've got this, um, that Lozano, the former gang member, saying, yeah, and then, like, another gang came through and shot us up, and then I was in the hospital, blah, 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 and now I'm a missionary. And then they end on, I haven't had any baptisms, though. I don't think I'm a very good missionary. And I'm like, whether you're a good missionary is by far the least interesting aspect of anything in this movie yet. <laughs> right? Also, you guys sounded like you started to talk about this. So he tells a story about how a, a Mormon missionary got him when he was in the hospital and mm. made him oh, yeah. Mormon. And the guy's brother Tubbs from Idaho. He like tricked me into memorizing the Book of Mormon when we were both in the hospital. And then this guy baptized 30 people when he was down there. So. Are baptisms like a baseball stat, like a baseball card thing? I'm sure, yeah. One missionary hundred percent. The number of people you baptize is a direct correlation to your level of righteousness. A hundred. You get stamps like a like a World War One flying ace. No, you get little marks on your chest like warmonger in Black Panther. <laughs> 
You get water droplet tattoos on your forehead. (laughs) Doug, you have to be honest. Did you ever mosey up next to a decaf soda machine next to a girl and be like, yeah, baptized like three or four people on my mission today. No big deal. Whatever. The name's Doug. Elder Doug. Can I buy you a tab? <laughs> and I think we we skipped over the the part where where he admits to being tortured into being a Mormon because he was in an ICU, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stuck recovering next to a Mormon. I would have instantly become a suicide risk. I would become a homicide suicide risk. And then, yes. By the way, the order is critical in those moments. Pro tip. Pro tip if you're ever in an ICU with a Mormon. Or if you're ever trying to do a suicide homicide. Well, yeah, really right. the opposite. You really have to. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Now we're going to fast forward to it's now seven days before Lozano gets home and we're going to play a little more basketball. And he's going to tell us all about what he's got planned. Again, like the fucking guy who's about to get home from Vietnam. He's going to tell us what he's got planned for when he gets home. Oh, I wanted him so... They're like, so what are you going to do when you get home? And I wanted him so badly to just be like, fuck. You hear me? (laughs) Bareback. No condoms. Just fuck. But instead he's like, I'm going to rent three video cassettes every day and watch them. And... Free base coffee the whole time. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kiss a girl on the lips a hundred times a day. Was one of the answers. Yep, kiss yeah. like just kiss the shit out of her with my hard throbbing veiny mouth. Gonna kiss the shit out of a girl. Yeah, it's like it, it reads like the Mormon version of Fear and Loathing. It's just sad, <laughs> dumb Dixie Chicks binge. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. That was the other thing. The Dixie Chicks. There was also this uh, weird little moment because when he says he's going to, you know, I'm going to, he says, I'm going to go find Ann Jensen and kiss her a hundred times a day. And so he's like, if she's not married. And he just casually goes like, bitch, better not be married. Totally. We'll throw away sexism in there. Kill her like a pharmacist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Doug, you, you, you were expecting to marry your sweetheart when you came back from your mission, weren't you? Well, she, she, thanks for bringing this up, Mark. Yeah, no problem. Uh, (laughs) She dumped me while I was on my mission. She went on. She went on to be very happy with five kids. So I think we both made the right choice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and then just then, in the distance, Lozano notices that Carl is out of the hospital and hovering over them as they play basketball. Yeah, and just one last thing on the basketball: who the (laughs) fuck plays street ball with foul shots from the foul line? Everybody lined up. That was. The most Mormon thing that's ever <laughs> happened. Are you serious? Foul, guys. Foul. Line it up. I'm taking two and the ball. That was flagrant. <laughs> <laughs> Eli and Mark are incredibly silent during this part. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Flag- flagrant and they foul. What? Crazy. I would shoot it into the hoop. And then I Kobe. <laughs> and then I take a kick penalty from the running f- front. World Cup. <laughs> Hosted by Russia. All right. So Carl, well done, Eli. So Carl and Lozano uh, go for a chat through Graffiti Town about how only a Mormon would have stopped then and saved the dying man on the street. And, and, and what if your prayers, Mr. Mormon, were the thing that kept me alive in the hospital? Yeah. Carl's basically like, nah, man, most people wouldn't have helped me. Hell. Most writers would have deleted me because of how badly written I am. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then he's like, I woke up once and I saw you praying over me. And Lozano's like, yeah, praying is what I was doing over you while you slept. Well done. And then also, like, fucking Pastor Wonderbread is, like, hovering in the background behind them. Oh, yeah. Right? This that whole was, time. He's such he's such a frady fucking cat in this entire movie. It's like, <clears throat> I can hear him writing in his mission journal. Today, I overcame my greatest fear. Well, my second greatest. I waved to a black. It was exhilarating. <laughs> I may never sleep again. <laughs> You know what though? Elder Farrell waves it. He waves at Carl like a guy waving at his his kids getting into his uh, ex wife's hotter husband's Ferrari at the soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, in case you were unclear of what we were watching, if we reveal this to be a Mormon letters to penthouse thing, right? <laughs> so this is where he pulls out his his Book of Mormon uh, from his backpack to to find a pen. And Carl goes, what is that interesting looking book you've pulled from your bag? Where could I get one of my very own? Nice move. Best. Is that how this happens? Like, it's so flagrantly obvious. It's like, oh, let me just find a pen. Maybe it's under this Book of Mormon and Golden Podium. I'll just put this right here (laughs) and angle it at your face. What were we talking about? And he's like, what's that? Oh, this? The Book of Mormon? You can't whitewash this fence in history with me. But... Book of Mormon. You can't have any. Doug, be honest. How hard did you get when he asked for that Book of Mormon? Just based on your past alone. Half-masked? Half-masked just at the thought? I am currently still wiping off my computer. It got into all the crevices between all the keys. It's a total mess. So again, he's like, no, no, you can have it. And he's like, nah, man, that's too nice a gift for me. I sure would love to read that book because you said it was like the Bible. And, oh, you know, I love to read the Bible. Corinthians <laughs> is probably my favorite, but I guess I'd be open to reading anything. Is is there something in there called Alma that would take forever to read? Because I would love that book, man. Look, let's just do let's just do an experiment. Walk out on your front porch anywhere you are in the world right now. And say in a, a normal speaking voice, I would like a Book of Mormon. And if you are not hit in the head directly and get a concussion from a missionary ejecting a Book of Mormon at you at high velocity, then you live in Antarctica. Guys, we had to cut this recording because when Mark said those words, a Mormon appeared just out of nowhere and handed him six versions. Yeah, exactly. You will. You can get a Book of Mormon Anytime you want, people. But Mark, don't say it again. That'll be three times. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's okay. He's not looking in the mirror. And then, like, and Lozano is like, he's like, oh, can I have that book? And he's like, yeah, man, we've been letting black people touch these for like four decades now, really. <laughs> yeah. <you're laughs> when was this made? Did you notice that the, I just have to say a little something about the chubby ginger missionary that's kind of watching all this from afar? Again, it this is mean, but his face is really unsettling. It's like, it's like all his facial features decided to have a race to the middle, and whichever one was last was a gay. And so it, in the ensuing panic, the, the giant mole was the only one that didn't hear the starting gun. It's just There was a dis- distinctly sphincterian look to his face. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, every, the- everybody won that race. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tie. Yeah, he, he looks like Chucky found Jesus. <laughs> He's the Mormon Estes Perkle. <laughs> to be fair to Carl Lozano, if if you're a black or brown person walking around and there's a white guy stalking you in this day and age, you should be concerned. No, yeah, yeah, no shit. 
All right, so they, now with Carl's got his Book of Mormon, so they head off. They're heading back to their apartment, and they come across the crazy street preacher guy sleeping on the street. And they're like, what's he doing sleeping on the street? I'm like, he's fucking homeless. Where did you think he went? Right. <laughs> and they proceed to have every conversation about good and evil that Heath and I have ever had, which is where one person is like, hey, should we do anything kind? And the other one's like, no, this person is gross and poor. I'd like to leave. I'm a little snacky. We switch off parts. It, I mean, it goes back Depends who's snackier. But, but, I mean, do something nice, sure, but like, they're talking about picking up this unconscious man and taking them to their home. Uh, resisting <laughs> unconscious man. Yes. He, yes. he clearly says no. They're it's like, the come most... on, man, we're going to take you home. He's like, no, don't. And they're like, no, we're, we're going to take you home. We're going to drive you like me and Eli moving a fucking couch all the way back to our apartment. <laughs> little Febreze, little bleach. <laughs> I'm taking this black guy. I'm taking this black guy. Perfect. Grab, pick him up. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? He'd grab the homeless man's feet so we can kidnap him. Stop being a bitch. <laughs> Pivot. Pivot. <laughs> Turn him up. No, you go up. My no, left. no, you go up. My left. It's always my left. When you see someone on the ground, you know, for mysterious reasons, the obvious thing to do is to kidnap them and just move their body as much as possible. Really yes. work the core. <laughs> Spin and the neck. Really turn them around a lot. <laughs> and this is the first homeless guy they've encountered in two years? In Venice Beach. Yeah, no, it what? Is not. No, it is not. <laughs> I love the whole, like, nothing to see here. Just two religious zealots stealing an old black man. Come along. <laughs> this is missionary business. Yeah. Someone tries oh. to stop him. They're just like, son of ham, motherfucker. All right. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> he holds out his little uh, his little name tag clip as though it were a badge. It's all right. I've got this. CTR ring. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Here. Relax. And then, okay. So that evening, they get their, they get their homeless pet guy home. And we have to have the balcony of temptation moment. Mm. Oh, and <laughs> Elder Fudgeface is going to hit on a hot neighbor girl as successfully as Heath Enright. He's just like, hey, <laughs> how's it going? I have a shirt. Stupid. Harold <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta I go. The, the best we can do for him is to sing Christmas carols. I have to pee every time I see you. Why? <laughs> slower pee. It's slow pee. That's what they call me. Because <laughs> I'm not allowed to close my bathroom. Do you like rap? <laughs> That's a great rapper name. Slower pee. He might as well try to, for like someone with a learning disability, yes. So if he tries, it might, he might as well try to lean off the balcony and like fall. Just like, <laughs> so you <yeah, they're>, ah! <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I landed on a homeless guy. If he'd left right. that black guy there, he could have landed on him safely. Yeah, right, right. I love if we left out exact stories about me in real life. Like we could just make jokes instead. That's fine. So, yeah, so he accidentally comes on himself and runs back in from the balcony. And then he starts worrying that the sick homeless person that they have in their home now might not be, like, a good idea. Yes. <laughs> right. And they have this amazing 
him trying not to be racist moment, right? Where he's like, so, like, what if when we're asleep, he gets up and, like, murders us with his jungle fever or any kind of fever, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Any topographical type of fever. It could be anything, doesn't it, right? (laughs) I don't know if you guys have talked about the Magic Negro before on this show, right? That that <laughs> it's sure. a square on the Gambingo card. Yeah, the, the 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 wise old uh, the wise old Negro who's there to uh, to help uh, white teenagers understand every presumption they've made about the world is exactly correct. Yes. yes. Oh my dear uh-huh. God, this guy and and slight diversion in this movie we also have the Enchanted Lamanite, which is because magic increases with melanin. Elder Lozano, not quite black, but uh, he's there to teach the phobic, doughy man-child Elder Farrell to stop being such a little bitch about every fucking thing. Yep, he is. And and, and he's going to start that with his little, like, uh, you know, there's a difference between being a Christian and being a fool bit. And I'm like, no, the, the, the former is what we call a subset. I've seen Eli make this mistake at a lot of Baba Brinkman concerts. <laughs> but you're talking about a subset. Liar. Liar, so, riddle, riddle, liar. <laughs> All right, so they sleep that night. We watch them wake up for the second goddamn time. Keep, I'm, I'm going to keep count. There will be several more. Um, yeah. And they get up the next morning. They're st- the homeless dude's still asleep. Oh, I wanted him to be just standing over one of them with a knife, like, ah! The fuck with <laughs> but remember that scene starts with the most randomly long, terrible front-lit shot of a garbage truck? Yes! Yeah! Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Oh my god! I think it's, I think they were trying to say, "Look, this truck would have run under. over him if they hadn't drug him back to their apartment." Oh, I thought at two hours and eight minutes, the director thought this movie needed some filler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now they've got to leave and go Mormon, but they've got a sleeping homeless person in their apartment. What do you do? Um, <laughs> you go ask the woman next door to walk him and change his pee pad. Duh. <laughs> Exactly. It's the best. Hey, we've brought an unknown person with clear addiction problems into our house in an undiagnosed state of unconsciousness and locked him in. At some point, he's going to wake up in a strange place with some form of withdrawal and realize he can't get out. Hey, you, petite single neighbor girl, please (laughs) enter this environment at some point during his inevitable rage panic and surprise him. Yeah, right. Oh, (laughs) the best. And they, they like, they just met the neighbor. It was like, hello, nice to meet you. We're your neighbor. So there's a homeless man with tuberculosis <laughs> in our apartment. I need you to check on him throughout the day. Great. Also, the cable guy's going to be there between now and midnight. So you better get in there. Nice to meet you. So, <laughs> all right. So apparently late that night, they got a call from Carl at 2.30 in the morning, and he wants to be a Mormon. Uh. At 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> what is the backstory there? Carl's just... Pacing, it's 2.30 in the morning. Home Shopping Network switches over to the sword guy and you've already bought everything he has. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to switch religions. I'm going to switch religions. Keith gets it. All right. So they go to this meeting on these bleachers in, again, the post-apocalyptic hellscape that is Santa Monica, California. Yeah. And when they're talking to Carl on the bleachers, this is... This is like if you asked a theater troupe to sum up the Laffer curve in a single sketch. <laughs> uh, poor, noble, but dim savage. We just can't fit as many rice grains into his skull. Yes, oh, you want to know more, darling? It's fucking horrendous. It is insane, right? Because he's like, yeah, man, I read the book. 
it was real hard for me because I don't read so good, white savior, but maybe <laughs> you could teach me, Mazza. Oh, sorry. No, that's the script I'm doing next week. Oh, actually, no, it's the same line. It's just it's from the same script. That's crazy. <laughs> so, mm. And Carl's worried that the, the mission discussions are going to be too boring, not knowing that he's about to join a religion with three-hour church services. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. He's going like, you know, it was hard to read with all the these and those. I'm like, oh, you haven't gotten to the part where they start grafting vines, bro. Um, <laughs> but Carl, was, and this is where we go full Mormon penthouse letter, right? This right. is where he's like, I want to be, it says in your book and in the Bible that I need to be baptized. There's a swimming pool right over there. Can we now? Can we now? <laughs> and they're like, no. And speaking as a former missionary, yes, that would have happened right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> right, but they're like, no, we we have to like waterboard you for three weeks and then teach <laughs> us first, You can't do the magic water spell right away. You're gonna need to be a lot more delightsome. Although I did, when when Elder Fair, the, his face lit up. What what emotion he could express on his weird face lit up like a Christmas tree when he realized that he was going to see this gloriously sexual young man all wet. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about Lozano or Carl? Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so Doug, what you're telling us is they, they wouldn't have made him earn it through classes. Right. <laughs> if, if, an, if an adult black man anywhere in the world wants to be baptized, Mormon Team 6 will, will parachute into that site instantaneously <laughs> with their own water and take care of it. <laughs> well and i love because they're like well usually it takes weeks to become a mormon but we'll put you on the fast track and i'm like oh my god i want this to turn into a like she's all that with mormonism <laughs> right but they didn't go that way that yeah they should have they should have just popped a smoke grenade and then one of those firefighting planes just comes over and dumps like ten thousand <laughs> gallons of water on all of them green smoke <laughs> Um, <laughs> Congratulations, kid. <laughs> All right. So now we cut back to the homeless guy at their apartment for a little homeless guy wandering around trying to decide whether or not to steal shit montage. Right. Oh, yep. man. And by the way, this is he, he wanders around. He's like, I'm going to steal things. But instead, he decides to shower. Also, <laughs> it was it, it was an uncomfortably long time watching this mature man in the bathtub. I yeah. was deeply uncomfortable with how long we lingered on his ablutions. <laughs> now, this is where Holly, the, the hot neighbor, shows up. She surprises him while he's shaving and he cuts himself. And I only mention that because it leads to that, like when, when he's at the door with her, it leads to that profoundly sexual moment right. where she rubs the blood off of his face. She reaches out to him with a <laughs> tissue to wipe away the blood the way the cowboy in the old movies approaches the horse that no one else could break. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Why? <laughs> I know. Relax. Sun's going down, Hulk. Sun's going down. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You're good buddy. And am I the only person who thinks you should at least hesitate before touching the blood of a homeless man? I don't want to sound like an asshole. <laughs> I just... Asshole. Racist. <laughs> all right we're all blood touchers here doug get the fuck up <laughs> all right so then the mormons get home they're all fired up from a hard day of mormoning and holly is in the they, they come in and holly's in the apartment giving the homeless guy a haircut oh my god and also she's made him dinner she's just like all the domestic she's vacuuming and shit while dusting yeah <laughs> every female character in this movie of which there really are only three right well there's mm. kind of four there's there's uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanchez, 
and then there's <laughs> the the neighbor, and then you'll meet a couple later. But all all of any of them do is service the men around them, right? That's yep. their job. Like Ugh. the fact that she just made a lasagna and a punch bowl full of boiled potatoes and brought a single <laughs> candle over. It's like, oh, I'm just a dumb girl. Eat up. Yep. Yeah, again, if the first God's Army movie, which we watched almost exactly one year ago, which was about psychologically torturing the young men, wasn't bad enough, this movie's really going to dig in just how shittily it treats young women. I mean, it really, that's going to be most of the rest of the movie is just <laughs> how much this movie and religion hates women. Yeah the, yeah, the the racism in this movie is just the lube for that fist, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. The bush of this movie. <laughs> and there's just one moment I want to touch on before we get to the dinner scene where they're all eating her like weird slavey meal. <laughs> they come in and they're like, oh, Holly, how you doing? And they talk for a while. And then the homeless guy who's just been sitting there goes like, hi. And I wanted so badly for them to be like, no one's talking to you, Lamanite. Like, <laughs> they don't address him. They don't acknowledge his existence. They're just like talking about him like she's been taking care of someone's sickly cat. Yeah. It's like, oh, did you give him all his shots? Yeah. You know, I sat on the floor, let him smell me on the floor for a little while. I didn't do it right away. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. it's the, the attitude is like, okay. Oh, really? How about anybody who was neutral in the war and the pre-existence shut the fuck up for a minute? <laughs> Ooh, <deep cut. laughs> Burn. All right, so they sit down to, to, to eat, but first they have to say grace. Um, and we, we have this scene so that Elder Farrell can have to touch Holly's hand and come all over himself again. <laughs> oh. um, and also we have to learn that Lewis is pretty damn good at saying grace, actually, for a homeless black guy, right? Yeah. yeah. He... he He's about to eat, and they're like, Lewis, why aren't you eating? And he's like, well, I has a dramatic exposition monologue to do, white folks. I has a dramatic <laughs> exposition monologue to do. I wish, I wish he would have done a card trick there, and they'd be like, cut, cut, cut. That's not what we mean by magic. <laughs> no, no, no. It's wisdom. You have wisdom. Are these flowers yours? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, but we learned the homeless guy whose name is Lewis used to have a church in a congregation, but he doesn't anymore. And Holly, because she's a fucking idiot that just screams idiot words constantly goes, did it burn down? It's I mean, bad. you're black, <laughs> so it was a brick church, first of all. Yes, yeah. Immediately, it, I had a brick church. Did it burn? No, it got blown over by a wolf. Actually, <laughs> 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 you fucking idiot. What? What is the writing choice there? Just, <laughs> you know, my wife died. Did she burn down? Okay, Holly, <laughs> you got a thing going on. Oh, I love his whole his whole. My daddy was a preacher. His daddy was a preacher. His daddy, 12-time granddaddy was a preacher. Too. We get it, Carl. Crazy comes yeah, honestly. Right. Oh, wait, he's Lewis. I'm not exactly sure about my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-granddaddy, but his daddy was a preacher, so it stands to reason he was probably also a preacher. Here, I'm going to, like, I have a chart. <laughs> I really wanted him to be like, I come from a long line of preachers, and then, you know, Slaves. Sorry to bring the mood down, white people, but like that's that's the kind of slavery that you let us do once we were free, right? <laughs> it's not our native religion. You used it to placate us, and it worked. So, all right, and then of course we have the little comedy beat Scooby Doo ending close, where he's like, "But I still do like to put my penis in women." He he yes. he he. It, <laughs> 
I saw in Eli's I saw in Eli's notes freeze frame, and I thought exactly the exactly. same thing. <laughs> yeah. Ah, sitcom endings. You're the best. <laughs> but before the sitcom ending, it, it's amazing to just cut back to Elder Farrell sitting at the same table with a black person. He is so fucking afraid. I'm I'm surprised he's not <laughs> crying in the corner going, he's looking at me. Do they eat food like we do? What if he wants to hear some jazz? <laughs> Every time he looks at him, he starts scatting out of fear. Look, that calmed him down. <laughs> All right, so now they we've got Lozano and the black guy doing the dishes because they're minorities. And the two white people, the uh, elder white bread and Holly, they walk off so that they can do a little a little flirting, a little over the pants flirting. And this is where we learn that she, she even though she was wearing a nurse outfit, she's she's not a nurse. She's an actress. Oh, my that God. Was her costume. <laughs> now, Mark, I'm not involved in the moving pictures as much as I was. Do they let you take your costumes home? Uh, just the once, and then you never work again. <laughs> You're stealing company property. Never. That has never, never happened. You sure? You, sure you, don't, you don't show up in your costume with your props that you brought with you? Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, that's a wrap, everybody. Good job on this Henry VIII scene. <laughs> take the bus. <laughs> what's, your, what's your opinion, King Henry VIII? Oh, I'm an actor. <laughs> oh Jesus! So he's like, uh, and and honestly, this is where I started making the porn actress jokes. I didn't realize there were spoilers, but he, he's like, "Well, have you been in any movies that we might have seen?" And and I wrote in like, "Well, that depends on how Mormon you are, hun." But it does. It really does. It does. It's a porn. It's the spoiler. Uh, the spoiler. Right. The spoiler is that she's a she's going to be a porn star, but it, it's going to be so dark and so terrible. <laughs> And only saved by the fact that Holly is a terrible actress. Yes. <laughs> well, she called them sex movies. I don't. I think that's different than porn, isn't it? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the sex movies. We'll, well get we'll get the there. Yeah. But this is where the Mormon has to tell her, like, actually, you know, I'm risking hell by even letting you in my apartment. I'm not allowed to speak to women because, you know, the, I've I've pledged my penis to the. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. He walks he walks her back to her apartment down the hall. And she's like, yeah, this is fun. Let's do it again sometime. And he's like, no, Menzies, gross. Absolutely. <laughs> totally. Also, I want to... <laughs> you. Fuck, did I see... Doug, missionary question here. Uh, walking, the, I call her the milkmaid. Walking the milkmaid down the hall, Elder Farrell walking her down the hall alone. How big a deal is that for a Mormon missionary? That's a big deal. That would get you a plane flight home by the end of the day. And because yeah. as what? we'll see, all women are total Jezebels that are do, waiting for the any opportunity to get in your pants. Yeah. No, you did. it's true, Doug, right? You cannot be alone ever with a woman, right? If you, absolutely not. If you were alone with a woman for less than a minute, you would be home in shame. I mean, you have to sit on your bed and watch Eli just have a massive bloody shit in the toilet five feet away. <laughs> just in full eye contact. Yeah. But if, you, if, you're, if you're alone with, a, with a, a, an old lady for two seconds, you have to punch yourself in the cock. 
<laughs> Do the women ever catch on and just start chasing around the missionaries? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> female, listeners. female listeners, female listeners. <laughs> I, I know we don't ask a lot of you. We ask you to marry Heath, but it's because he's you know he doesn't have a home anymore. It's going to get weird. But our second request, please, please seclude yourself with Mormon missionaries. Just. Shut or my doors, pets. get trap doors going, put them in a box with you or something, put some like, <laughs> books of Mormon under a uh, box with a string attached. Just, I want to <laughs> drop in like Mission Impossible, scare the fuck out of them. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> Eli thinks there's female listeners. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. So now we cut back inside, and the homeless guy is like, hey, can I stay here again? Because. You know, the other option is cardboard. I detox yeah. from alcoholism at your house for one more. It just takes 48 hours right. to do that. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. One more day would be great. And then, okay, so then we cut over to Carl, and he's puzzling his way through the Book of Mormon, and he gets out of bed. Now, what is it, this is about to be the scene where he's going to try praying for the first time. But what I was expecting was that he just got to the white and delightsome part, and he was about to call Lozano. <laughs> that would have been exactly. such a better scene. <laughs> Well, Doug, that's been uh, that's been thankfully edited out, hasn't it? I would love if he was flipping to the Book of Mormon and there were just obviously pages torn out. <laughs> <laughs> they keep referencing these Lamanites, but we never hear about them. Like the slave Bible without Levit without Exodus in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, but then we go from his like amateur bullshit to the professional prayers. Uh, the Mormons yeah. are getting ready to go to work for the day, and Lewis is going to pray along with him as though he's the guy who doesn't know the words to the song but insists on singing along anyway. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is, god, my this is the best. part of the movie. He just repeats uh. the prayer uh, on a half second delay behind them, so they get thrown off the whole yeah. time. It's just like this is my new response to street preachers. Whatever they say, just like <laughs> a little bit behind them. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like the thing you do when you're fucking with somebody who's trying to our count father, money. Our yeah. father, who are, our father, who are, who are, kingdom come. Stop copying me. Will be <laughs> You're copying me. It's because it's because Lewis is such a Lewis is such an amateur. He didn't know they're supposed to do a countdown before they all pray together. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and I don't want to gay bash Elder Farrell here, but there was such a distracting acting choice here. His voice in this prayer is so soft and feminine. It's like a southern <laughs> debutante accepting Thank you. A, a dance invitation at the cotillion. <laughs> I have I've never <laughs> seen a character in a film I'm more generally worried about on a human level. Yes. Yeah, no shit. It, it is. I was like, is it? I thought it was a choice because it's like, our father who art in heaven, Lord of me, julep would be fine on this sun sunny day. <laughs> weird. <laughs> But okay, so they go off. They've got to go answer some questions for Carl and give him some Mormon lessons. So we have the scene where they show up in the hood and all the black people are like, oh my God, Mormons? What the it's fuck? It's the climactic scene from Training Days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, so they go in. Um, Lozano, of course, he has to look back over at his shoulders, the people that were giving him the dirty look, so everybody knows that he's the hard Mormon. And then they go inside to teach Carl how to Mormon. And this is where we learn that we love Todd the most. Todd is the little brother. And the Mormons are like, well, now we will read from the book of Isaiah. And he just, the little kid just turns the TV on. Yeah. I'm like, you go, Todd. Yeah, Todd is all of us. Todd is all of us. Yes. Oh. I can't wait to see Todd's character arc. I like but this. Also, yeah, oh. right. <laughs> Todd turns on the TV and it's Starsky and Hutch. 
Do yeah, black, what? Do black people <laughs> link at TV from the 70s? <laughs> Bullshit, man. It's so weird that the only channels we get are public domain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Want to watch Dolomite Channel or Shaft Channel? <laughs> oh, look, Todd loves Lawrence Welk. <laughs> when they turned off the TV, I wanted Lozano so badly to be like, you know, you might not think the Bible's pretty cool, but... <laughs> All right. So, okay. Meanwhile, we got to cut back to Lewis and we, it's this weird bit where we set up an amazing comedy moment and then it never happens. Right. So like, uh, Lewis decides he's going to put on some Mormon duds and go out in the street and preach from the book of Mormon. Yeah. There's this great moment where it's like, oh, right, he's a crazy homeless person. So he's just like, I'm a missionary now. I wanted him so badly to go out wearing white face. Like, just they they (laughs) pan from the shoes to the shirt to his face, and he's all whited up. And he's just like, hey, everybody, how's it going? Want my boring book? Do, do, do. Want my boring book? Well, and and it's, it's such a cargo cult, like, white savior moment, right? Where it's like, if I put on their clothes and wear their name tag, I yep. become the power they are. I yeah, like, exactly. Oh, Jesus, dude, this is this whole movie. What a hate are we crime. supposed to know? What is this movie trying to tell us? I, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like. I thought this was supposed to be a comedy beat, but it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, they're setting up it was an awesome not. Mormon preacher montage, but then they don't like. They could have had him doing serious practice, like. Ninja moves onto porches and stuff and like <laughs> snatching a doorbell out of Mr. Miyagi's hand real fast. I don't know. No, but instead it's a comedy beat like a dog wearing sunglasses. It was just yeah. so fucked up. <laughs> Go Ray Comfort. All right. And then we head back over to Carl's place where apparently he's done learning to be a Mormon, but he has one remaining concern. He's not quite ready to change religions. He needs to know if he'll still be allowed to dance. Wink, <laughs> wink. And again, wicky, wicky, wink. The Mormons turn to each other and they go, uh, we've got something to show you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let, let me show you something in the next scene. And I wrote in my notes, are we about to get Mormons busting sweet grooves? Because this whole podcast concept becomes worth it if we are. And we are. <laughs> Well, and just a point of order there. I think nobody said you couldn't dance, Carl. Nobody said you could dance well. I think that's an yeah. important <laughs> note for Mormon choreography. You have to turn in your rhythm when you become Mormon. That's right. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Clap on one and three, damn it. Clap on one and three. You're just going down the soul train line. You get flicked with Mormon water. It's like me at the high school prom all of a sudden. <laughs> Trying to dance around my awkward erection. Yeah. <laughs> so now they take him to a Mormon luau. Yeah. He looks around the luau and he says, and I quote, these are Mormons. You guys sure know how to party. Yep. At a luau. By the way, they figured out. Luau's is where you keep all your fat Mormons. I wonder, I was in your city for like a week and I didn't see any, but you just, you keep them at the Luau's. That's where they go. I, here I was thinking I would never belong, but I just got to stay at the Luau's the whole time. Okay. I get it. And it's, you know, why a Luau? Because why just thrash around in the racist archetypes of two non-white cultures when you can go for a hat trick? <laughs> right. Hawaiian. <laughs> Yeah, and this movie is trying very hard to show us that white people are a vanishingly small minority of the Mormon church. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of which, that this is the scene where Carl sees that Lozano 
even has a black friend. Boy, Mormonism is I. Oh, could could they be less subtle? Hey, Carl, have you met our friend Elder Banks? He's um black. You might have noticed his skin. It's black. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I had one. I told you. He's from an urban environment. Uh, and he, he doesn't, like you, he doesn't have a father. But there's also just as, from a filmmaking perspective, I, I hate to keep doing this, but there's a super weird and spooky vibe at this Hawaiian party, which normally you would think would be bright and fun. But it, it's like when they go to the party in, in, in Blue Velvet at Ben's house and it's all <laughs> front lit and weird side shots of fat guys down long, dark hallways. It's chilling. <laughs> and like, all the ukulele music in the world can't make me unfeel this dread. No, you're right, though. There, there's like everyone has that like looking at the Polynesian girl going like, yeah, it's joy. I'll never know. You know, like everyone at the party has that look and. Oh. If there was one, if there's one description of this party in the script, I would say it's diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> they put the beat in diabetes. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> well done, sir. Phenomenal. <laughs> All right. So now it's time for Carl to take the big Mormonism test. Oh um, but first we have to like swim in the racism a little more, right? Because we have to open up. They have a black guy giving them the test because, you know, black on black. But then they start off with him going like, man, I ain't never had no Mexican for no friend or no white boy. Damn, is your religion diverse? Think about it. We're more racist, right? <laughs> oh, Think about God. it. And what happens in, in Christian movie world uh, when two black, when two magic Negroes meet? Do the <laughs> yeah. Highlander rules apply? <laughs> start shooting fireballs at each other and yeah. shit. <laughs> I love, there's this great moment where he goes, I don't know how y'all keep from like shooting each other. And I wanted Elder Banks to be like, I mean, historically, yes, Mormons do end up shooting each other. It's actually yes. most of the history <laughs> of our church. But um, instead, I'm going to tell you the story of Ammon and realize halfway through it is incredibly boring. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, that's they do that so many, and all Mormon movies do this, but they'll like start to draw something out of the Book of Mormon, but everything in there is so shitty that they have to like be like, uh, but then it's kind of like in the Bible where it was done better here. But yeah, he's telling them about the anti Nephi Lehi's. Notice they don't mention the name. Right. Or mention the fact that this, this group of people who dedicates themselves to a peaceful life. Their children end up being a murderous army of child soldiers. Yes. Just leave that out of the story. <laughs> yeah. And they all end up being dead at the hands of magically cursed black people, right? Like, I, <laughs> That's not a story you want someone to ask you questions about right before you loop them into the sale. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did short sales. People weren't like, hey, I might buy these magic thumbs. How long do the batteries last? 45 seconds. Leave. Quick. They're running out. They're running They're out. You already, you already ran out of batteries. Leave your anti-Nephi Lehi's deep cut. Keep that as a yes. deep cut. The gravitas that poor Elder Banks has, you know, has to muster for this, telling this story yes. that he leaves so much of the names out of. He's like, and they buried it deep. In the earth. <laughs> like, oh my God, he's he's literally, he has PTSD from an event he didn't witness and that never happened. <laughs> and, and, okay, and of course, this whole time, Lozano's outside really worried about his young Padawan. So we have to cut away from that to do the, like, American Idol reveal. Like, he passed, guys. He is, like, does anyone ever fail the Mormonism test? <laughs> Right. The, I could I could do it. I could do it, guys. I could do it. <laughs> Starts jerking off in the middle of the interview. 
the hilarity of them putting him through this grueling interview, like Mormon missionaries would ever put up a barrier like this. It's just idiotic. (laughs) Exactly. Even if you were masturbating, they'd be like, look, let's just get you baptized and we'll talk about it. Yeah, right. right. We'll get this on the other side. No, they, (laughs) they will welcome him into baptism with open arms. They will shun him later. Right. When he wants to move right. into their neighborhood. Yeah, they start shaming right. you the moment you come out of the water. It's like, hey, I sh- about that jerking off during your interview. <laughs> now that you're out of the water, you son of a bitch. All right. Well, now that we've seemingly finished the majority of the story arcs, I guess we're ready for act three. First, let me give it the hard sell here. What the hell will the rest of this movie be about? And what has it been about so far? Did they just still have cameras? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the adulterous conclusion of God's Army 2, States of Grace. From the makers of God's Army 1 and God's Army 2. Yo, man, I've been reading this book you gave to my whole crack house. We'd like to become Mormon and stop talking like this. Comes the third and what is now just a movie version of the daydream someone has after a door gets slammed in their face. Hello? Is this the Mormons? It's the Israeli Prime Minister. Can you convert an entire country at once? Because we all want to join. This summer. I'm Carly Minogue, and uh, all I want in man is a short sleeve button-down shirt. God's Army 3. Doodly-doo. And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our heroes, they just Mormonized Carl... And we're going to rejoin him getting home and finding a note on their door from Holly, written in the style of a nine-year-old girl with too many stickers, asking the Mormons to please meet her on the roof. They're going to have roof dinner. Roof dinner. (laughs) Getting around those rules. At this point, she's feeding them so often, I think this lady might be a witch who's fattening them up to eat them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also, again, the glop. That she's serving them. Did you see that bowl? It literally looked like organ meats. And then they just I mean, added in like brain scooping sounds from Hannibal. <laughs> Later today, I'm going to eat a Jim Baker bucket. So this looked delicious. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, and this is also where we get uh, Holly and Elder Marshmallow having their weird either side of the wall because God is angry at my penis conversation. Oh, <laughs> confession time. The dark seedy story of her descent <laughs> into poor. The best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the downward economic spiral of a milkmaid from Muncie that inevitably <laughs> leads to a three-way on tape. <laughs> and by the way, her story and mine matched up way, way too closely for a little while. I was very <laughs> upset. Being an actor was hard. I got a series of small parts, kept auditioning, sold these magic thumbs, but then, you know, toy retail toys. Am I right? I, I was like, it's okay. And, Holly, podcast, podcast. And, <laughs> and just when you thought it wasn't going to end like Eli's, it did end up with her rubbing her junk on a webcam. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was the Eli Bosnick story. It was actually okay. the Eli Bosnick story. And look, I do not want to ruin this highly, highly comedic moment of this woman, quote, <laughs> acting. But as a quick reminder, there is nothing shameful about doing porn. Being in porn is the purest and best form of entertainment. Also, right? most porn actors... <laughs> 
don't regret it. They've done studies of this kind of stuff. Most of them are like, eh, I like fucking on camera. It's a good time for me. So the fact that this movie <laughs> builds itself nine tenths of the way through around the fact that this woman is simply treated shittily for doing porn, right? Because again, all the bad things that this woman is about to tell us in her confession that she did porn and that her parents don't talk to her, and we're going to get to all of them. They're all built around people being jerks to sex workers, not the problems with sex work, right? They right, can't even exactly. shame sex workers, right? They can't be like, on the porn set, they hit me with a hammer because it was called Hammer Buttholes 4. It's just like, oh no, everyone I worked with was really nice, but my small town dad is a cock, so, you know, my yes. life is sad because of the other people that don't have anything to do with porn. And and of course, like the, the Mormon guy is going like, wow, that's awful. What? Horns. You know, so I know not to watch those ones. Yeah. And he's also like, she's like, I don't know what people will think of me. And he's like, it doesn't matter what people think, says the full time religious cleric for a yes. desperately status obsessed, <laughs> non taxable PR firm. <laughs> and then, yeah, but then, like, dad accidentally rented one of her porns. Okay. Well, actually, no, it was even dumber than questions. that, right? Because they're like, yeah, the guys at work were watching one of my porns. Right. I'm sorry. Where do you work? How did that go? Hey, guys. Uh, what, what you watching? Oh, nothing. Just this porn video. Oh, you're, you're watching porn at work? Okay, well, there's a reason. Uh, no. No, no, there's not. Um, You're fired. You're both fired for that, obviously. Well, actually, we were kind of... Yeah, you were watching porn at work is is what you were doing. You're fired. So No, dude, it's it it's your daughter. See, your daughter. We're uh, we're uh, we're gonna like mock you with it. Cool. Cool. So let, let me get this straight. Your idea of a workplace prank was to watch a porn with my daughter in it and then mock me? Well, when you when you put it like that. Sounds kind of bad. Yeah. Uh is this backdoor sluts three or four? Um, four? Nah, nah. Yeah, see, that's the problem. She really phoned that one in. Let me show you Blowjob Whores 7. She shines in that. Really got her legs under. Ooh, okay. So proud of her. He's got your ass. <laughs> you. And your whispering eye. Yeah, so now the, <laughs> the whole town has seen her inner labia and she's uh, all, all about the shame. If if I was in a porn and my dad saw it, I'm pretty sure he'd be impressed. Are you right? Like, <laughs> he'd just be like, wow, you're you're a grower, not a shower. Nice <laughs> work. Like, see what you're working with. You made a porn. Okay. Two fists at once. That's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> As the only person on this podcast who's seen Mark naked, I know our parents would not be impressed if we were in a porno. <laughs> I did get my mother's penis. I love Eli's going like, yeah, the only one. The only small um, penis on this podcast. That's right. That's right. I don't well, get I was, confused I, Eli, my joke was the only one that saw Mark naked, but I love that that's immediately where you went with it was the uh, small also penis Mark thing. That's what you heard. I was doing those jokes. <laughs> you guys have small dicks. You do. So, except Doug, who fucks, <laughs> and <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta listen to How to Heretic. That's how you know how hard Doug fucks. Okay. So, all right. So, after a literal, I'm not exaggerating at all. After literally eight 
goddamn minutes of this woman's monologue. Finally, it wraps on the Mormon guy going, but it doesn't matter what people think. It matters what God thinks. And he thinks you're a fucking slut. You should yeah. get baptized. He thinks you should be killed, actually. He's pretty clear about it. With rocks. Um, join yeah. my religion? <laughs> <laughs> and then he says to her, you can never do anything, not anything that will make God stop loving you. Again, says full-time salesman for the idea that what you're doing with your life right now makes God not love you. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> Says the salesman of the fact that God is so petty that just not knowing about him will cause you to burn in yes. fire for all eternity. And then he decides to give her all the tender, loving support that a, a full-time cleric should by recoiling in horror <laughs> when she touches his hand. <laughs> oh, it's the best. She's like, yeah, look, hold my hand. She puts her hand out. He's like, give me a second. Hold on. No, give me your right hand right now. No, hold on. Do, this is my left. Here, have my left for a second. I'll reach over. Okay, no, no. What's on your hand? No. All right, so now we're going to check back in with Carl. He's studying his Book of Mormon, but his little brother, Todd, is super disappointed that his brother turned into a Mormon wuss that won't avenge the death of Abe. Oh, my God, I love Todd so much. Okay, here's the thing. Todd is just poorly written, right? And what they're trying to do is like, Todd wants vengeance and Carl's trying to convince him to be religious now. But what it comes out as is this like fucking omen-esque little kid who walks in the room and he's like, you ain't gonna eat no hearts in the marketplace? <laughs> blood brings blood, brother. Blood brings blood. Like, fuck, Todd. You grow up to be Idris Elba in The Wire. <laughs> well also he's he's so young and tiny to be delivering this kind of silver backing right it's like, <laughs> yeah listen you better step up you <laughs> and we should probably point out by the way that carl's like six foot five linebacker build gigantic human being and then this little brother comes in looking like fucking elliot from et going like i'll kick your ass man okay but then but then carl goes and he literally buries his weapons in the front yeah. yard. I'm like, dude, you never go full anti-Nephi Lehi, dude. And maybe put the bullets somewhere else. Like, he's trying to just get rid of them elsewhere, anything. Do anything less stupid. He's trying to get weapons out of his life, and he just puts them in in a bag in the front yard and puts Nine like a leaf down. and a stick exactly. over yes. the bag. <laughs> so extra nomination, best worst getting rid of weapons. Yeah, it right. gets dumber than this. And later while it's in the technically movie. true that he's burying weapons because there are two of them, a very small knife well, and, and a, a knife. gun and a clip. <laughs> yeah, there's two guns and a knife. I'm a suburban white boy in Utah and I have more weaponry in my house right now. <laughs> I, I had that he was burying his antique dueling pistols and his letter opener. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you can just tear the end of the envelope. I guess you don't need to slice them up. That's, <laughs> that's up to you, man. While he's burying them, Grandma comes out and she's like, Carl, what are you doing? And he's like, Mom, go, burying my weapons, go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but now it's baptism time. Yes. Yay. And we go over the crowd and like Todd is super unimpressed and Holly's there. Why the fuck would Holly be there? So, so or, for the rest of the movie, all the characters will be present at all events because they forgot <laughs> that some of these characters don't know each other. So like 
Holly will be at his baptism. Later on, Carl will be at one of their goodbyes. It makes no sense. They just all sort of show, they have a beacon, like a Mormon, a big M appears in the sky and this cast all gathers and plays out their stories. And you know what this movie needs is another side plot. So this is where we're going to check in with Lewis. He's found a church that's for sale. And wouldn't you know it? It's just his size. And can I exactly can I say what a church it is? It's like a haunted lawnmower shed. It's it's the set of between one ferns. Right. (laughs) He walks. He walks into this church. He's standing at a podium. An old white woman comes in. And the least realistic thing about this movie is that she does not immediately call the cops. Exactly. Well, and also she's clearly coming in from rigging the vote against watching the World Series. Like that was the immediate (laughs) last thing she did. And she, it was like Klaus Nomi slinking out of the darkness with work gloves on for no reason to explain, (laughs) you know, ask the black why he's indoors. Well, and then of course, you know, she, she, she asked him what he is and he says Pentecostal and she's Baptist. The main characters of the movie are Mormon. So it's a really confusing moment about what this, this movie is trying to tell you. And then all of a sudden she's like, well, at least you're not a Jew or a Muslim. Yes! Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she is a good guy in this movie. And the end of the freeze frame laugh line of this scene is, <laughs> at least you're not a kike. But <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he says to her, You know, basically, lady, I'm broke and fairly crazy, but I'll fill that place to its capacity of nine. I'll sleep under the organ and beg if I have to. And she's like, hmm, I like where this is going. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we get the Mormons waking up again. And I guess this is the big. Okay, you guys tell me. So Carl's already been baptized, but now he has to be used like a baseball bat determining who bats first <laughs> okay what yeah. I hate. do I, they really do like put their hands yes. on your head and it's like ready break morning, like, <laughs> so is that a thing it's so stupid so you you are baptized for the remission of your sins and then the next day you are confirmed a member of the church and i'm so embarrassed that i'm saying these words out loud but yes they all gather around you in a circle and put their head their hands on your head and and give you a little blessing it's okay. Ugh. Wait, wait, wait. If you die between the baptism and the and the confirmation, do you still get to go to like full on celestial heaven? No, it don't you get die. a moon. Don't, don't die get between those two. Moon. Moons. Okay, oh, I, I wanted him so bad to get killed in a drive by right before this happened. <laughs> yeah, like motherfuck. I, th- oh, I told I wanted to do it on Tuesday. We had the pool right there. Now here I'm dying, going to hell. Assholes. His top half is in heaven. His bottom half is in hell. He's like my legs hurt a lot, but somehow I'm getting a blowjob on my arms. It's weird. It's exactly exactly nothing. I'm just I'm 100 evened out. Also, I just thought it was white people being obsessed with touching black people's hair. I thought they were just like, you remember Margaret? Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Will you cornrow my hair for me? <laughs> and and they found somehow, this is this is a massive achievement in, in cinema. They found extras who look more listless and bored than actual Mormons in actual church. <laughs> Impossible. Oh God, and like I kept writing that by notes. It's like, oh my God, people do this on Sundays on purpose. Oh God. And of course, while we're getting this scene of his confirmation, at the same time, 
his little brother Todd is taking a train over to the other gang's neighborhood to avenge Abe's death. Todd exactly. is on his quest for blood. And and at the very yeah, moment right. at, at the very moment that Carl is getting blessed with the power of discernment to see dangers in the world, his brother is about to get Trayvon Martin. Would have been nice <laughs> yes. if God had mentioned that to him. Well, and and speaking of Trayvon, like there's <clears throat> he comes up out of the subway. Todd does, and there's as we know, there's nothing more terrifying to a white audience than a black teenager flipping up their hoodie. So yeah. Uh-huh. I, I can imagine the screams in the one theater this aired in in Utah. And, <laughs> and because Utah's a concealed carry state, I'm sure the screen looked like Swiss cheese after the smoke cleared. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a moment where like, you know, like at least the person who wrote this movie thought, no, no, when they put up the hood, that's like, that's when they like get their superpowers, right? Like that's like a a, a superhero putting on his mask. You see, they go full black Beast when the hood's mode. up. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and okay, so yeah, but then the gangsters see Todd in their neighborhood and they stab him to death. <laughs> yeah. Now, most people bleed when they're stabbed to death, but not Todd. Uh, he's, he's, he's cleanly. That's important. Okay, and, and can we talk about the juxtaposition of the overhead shot of the Latin oh gangsters <laughs> walking in a circle around their victim? Yes, yes! While Carl has all the white men standing over him. It You could hear the thunderous apl- applause from the Cannes Film Festival inside David Dutcher's head <laughs> from here. Yeah, you know that as, as he was editing that scene, he was like whispering his Academy Awards acceptance. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Well, what's so funny is they're going for this like artistic moment where they're contrasting like the little kid that just got stabbed and all the people standing in a circle around him versus the guy who just got saved and all the people standing around him. Except that in order to make this happen, we have to believe that this gang, like after stabbing someone, walks around them three times (laughs) clockwise. Well, if if all of your knowledge of gang life comes from West Side Story, which is probably where most Mormons get it, it was like five, six, seven, eight. (laughs) Clockwise, clockwise. I want to be there for that meeting where they're like, dude, what are you doing? Well, we just smoked this guy. Yeah. Walk around in a circle, man. We went over this. Take an eight count, then walk. (laughs) So... All right, so Carl and Granny get home from the confirmation and the cops are at their house. And the one guy goes like, man, your little brother is dead. And Carl goes, oh, no, that's such a heavy-handed plot device. I thought we could do better. And the cop goes, I don't know why, based on what you've seen up till now, man. So we have a digging up his guns in the rain montage. Exactly. The next scene. There has been one scene since he buried this shit. Like he is no anti-Nephi Lehigh, gentlemen. Yeah, it's so much fun. I re- I wanted a cross cut with Holly digging up a bunch of big black dildos. <laughs> Going back to this life. I wanted so badly for there to be a scene with their neighbors who are just like, oh, he's digging up the guns. Frank, you remember the black fowler? He dug, he dug him right up again. That was not even 24 hours. Now it's, now it's grandma's yelling Carl, which is a silly name. But if you're going to have a character, movies, movies, listen close. If you're going to have a character scream another character's name, just practice screaming that name once so that you don't have a scene where a character goes, Carl! (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so he takes he takes his starter pistol and his decorative dagger from the Franklin Mint's King Tut collection and hits the streets for revenge. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, another balcony scene with Elder Mayonnaise and Holly um, because what we learned when she was given her big confession is that every Sunday she calls her parents and they won't answer because they hate her and her vagina. Yeah, because they're they are miserable pieces of shit. Even though this movie really, really wants you to think it's her fault. Yeah, I uh, wanted her to be telling dad how she got better at porn on the phone. Like, yeah, dad, I worked on my I worked on my technique. I really took it serious. I feel like I understand mise en scène better now. We're like, that's right, mise en scène. Actually, we got a sense of cock now. I like to think that they can't answer the phone because they're using up all their bandwidth on downloading porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's in another one, hon. If she was Jewish, they would be. <laughs> Jewish parents would support it. If I was in a porn tomorrow, my mom would be sharing that shit on Facebook. She'd be like, ass sluts for everyone. Check it out. I'm on his Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so, just don't tell her you're a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> I would so... Re Heath, you just had a college reunion. How much better would it have been to explain that you were in porn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was better. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we go back to Carl and his homies. They're looking for the gang that killed Todd. And their plan is apparently just drive around California until we see them. For, they need forever. Like, they need like a racist Liahona. Just yes. always sex <laughs> the closest Latino gang member. Heath, that's just called a Liahona. <laughs> <laughs> but they there's this crazy moment in the car where they're driving around and the guy's like, hey man, we've been driving. He's like, keep driving. I, don't, I wanted that fight to continue so badly. <laughs> Hey, man, we've been driving around for a while. Just keep driving, man. I mean, they're probably hiding out or I something. I said keep driving. Damn, fine, fine. Can, can we at least play a car game or something? Fine. Okay, okay. I'm thinking of a thing. Animal, vegetable, or mineral, dog? All right, Listen so... All the shows. Now, all right, so now Lozano wakes up and he sees that Elder Cream Cheese isn't in his bed. So he literally goes next door to rescue him from the perilous peril. Right. Again, the perilous peril is that that mushroom covered in orange hair somehow is having sex with a beautiful, generous, nice Porn star! <laughs> yes! It happens sometimes, Eli. <laughs> it happens. Don't be an asshole. If Heath fucked a porn star, we would start four new podcasts called The Time I Fucked a Porn Star. <laughs> I'm going to send you a link. <laughs> we would we would high five so hard all of our bones would shatter. We would just be poured from glass container to glass container for the rest of our lives. And again, let's be clear. Again, just because the rest of the movie is going to be based on this terrible fall from grace. This is consensual sex. It's not even like that. Yeah. These are just two lonely people who like each other and they have sex. Between between a, a, a perfectly nice woman and a, a panicked man-child, which is kind <laughs> yeah, of consensual. 
Oh my God, could you have, I would love to actually see this sex, right? They don't actually show us the sex, but this has got to be the worst fuck in history. I'm guessing there were foul shots at one point. <laughs> How much would I pay if just if he went to the door and you hear scream crying coming through the door? Yeah, right. <laughs> so Doug, quick, quick, a missionary question here. Yeah. How big a deal is it if you cannot find your companion? Literally, there is nothing worse you can do on your mission than lose track of your companion. And and <laughs> honestly, if you if if you lose your companion, <laughs> Elder or uh, President Stave Puff Marshmallow would burst through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. That there's nothing <laughs> worse you can do. You don't you don't go back to bed and wonder if he'll show up again. No, <laughs> there is a there is an actual biography by a guy who's now in his 40s. When he was a missionary in Canada, his companion decided he did fuck it. I'm out of here and went to the airport. The mission president said, do anything you can to stop him. So he went to the airport and called in a bomb threat. And it took the president of the United States to get him out of Canada jail. And he can never go back to Canada. That's <laughs> oh, my God. How much you don't lose your companion. Yep. I mean, how old are you? How old are you when you do your mission? 19 to 21. Okay, yeah. Because, like, 19, Eli, if you were like, hey, 19-year-old Eli, it's the most important thing in the world. I'd be like, yeah, bomb threat. Good idea. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, I thought having a gravity bong in my tub 24 hours a day was a good idea when I was 19. <laughs> I, can't, I can't really blame the missionary. It, it was a good idea. That was a bad, yeah. Was a bad, I mean, yeah. But, like, people weren't allowed to shower because the gravity bong was in there. <laughs> I've seen your tub. That's really the best use for your tub. So, okay. So, and all right. So the next day he wakes up, Elder Wonder Bread is back where he belongs, and Lozano's giving him the, like, Ooh, you penis user kind of look. And I expected that there was going to be like an intervention moment, but no, no. <laughs> no. He just breaks down crying over his fucking Fruit Loops. And the angry staring is the best because it, it takes away a little bit if you're trying to angry stare at somebody and then you pour Lucky Charms <laughs> into a bowl. <laughs> so that's what that's what's happening here. He's like, you motherfucker. Bling, 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 bling. <laughs> snap, crackle, pop, snap, crackle, pop. Yes. <laughs> are we out of cookie crisp? His face we is are. what it would look we like are. if for once I shit my pants on purpose, but never broke <laughs> eye contact with him. He's like, what's happening to him? I have to say, at this point in the movie, I was really bummed out, right? Because they have this horrible shaming of this woman who's a porn star and then he sleeps with her and you realize that this movie is going to be about what a shameful thing it is for these people to have consensual sex who like each other. And I was really bummed out by the movie and I was starting to feel bad. But Elder Farrell's performance in this scene brought me right back out of it. Because his breaking cry is like, Hoo-wee! <laughs> you can no longer take this it, it would be like if in Remains of the Day Anthony Hopkins was just like you have always been a valued me <laughs> like, I want Elder Farrell to replace every hard moment in every movie to watch like the the burning church in glory Elder Farrell's there <laughs> Is that my daughter in there? Yes! <laughs> Is that my daughter in there? He <laughs> 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 was calling yeah, a pig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 
It, it, it genuinely saved this movie from being like a scary, not funny time. How terrible an actor this guy is. <laughs> yes. And luckily for me, the rest of this movie, which is terrible, every 30 seconds, this character will do exactly that cry. Yes, he will. <laughs> Everyone else will be acting about this horrible plot and he'll just be in the corner being like, <laughs> 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 It's got snot coming out of both nostrils like a toddler. He's <laughs> doing that cry when he's out of breath. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> 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 All right, but now we got to go to, okay, so he gets called out, I guess. So we cut to the cellulite lump president guy being very disappointed in him. Can I just give a quick tip to people in positions of authority over over vulnerable and distraught youth who think they might have ruined their lives? Don't call them stupid. <laughs> maybe, maybe try and give some comfort and some context. Maybe don't try to make sure that they, they feel broken and the only way out, there's only one way out. Jesus Christ. Well, the awful moral narrative of making his little sex oopsie into such a massive, unforgivable crime. A 20-year-old kid that will destroy his life inside his community is a cornerstone of what is so atrocious about Mormonism. He did what any 20-year-old kid does, sleep yeah. with a porn actress because the street person in their living room won't give him a beat. <laughs> get a grip. <laughs> and we've all been there. And, we've and all keep in mind, by the way, that this movie... Has just from a cinematic perspective, this movie has elected to introduce this storyline about the consensual fucking, rather than telling us what's going on with Carl and the little brother killers. Like, yeah. that's already going on in the movie. He's like, look, black people murder each other. They don't murder each other. What are you gonna do? But what about his soul? Turn in your badge and penis, son. Turn in your badge and penis. And I like that the the mission president is looking at like. Basically, he's looking at the Bible. It's like, hmm, let's see what answers to this modern situation I can find here in Deuteronomy <laughs> 2. <laughs> yep, nothing. All right, dumbass, nothing. go back yeah. to Idaho so everyone you've ever known will scorn and shun you forever. Yes. <laughs> All right, though, so then we go back to the Mormon apartment, and there's a knock on the door, and wouldn't you know it, it's that slut. Oh. So <gasps> Lozano shows up, and he's like, he's not allowed to talk to you anymore because you have a vagina. And she goes, I brought him something, and I'm like, oh, please let it be a DVD of Naughty Nurses 9. Please let it be a DVD. No, but no, it's not. It's a This cross. is what I was trying to explain to him last night. That's, it's, it's a clitor. It's like a little man in a... Just tell him it's like a little man in a boat. Alphabet. Alphabet. <laughs> but no, but instead she's like, this is all my fault for having a vagina, isn't it? And Lozano's like, yep. Slams the door. <laughs> Jesus. So now he goes to give Scott, that's that's Elder Whitebread's name, by the way. This is when he gets a name, <laughs> right? We're an hour and 36 minutes into the movie. This is when they name him. Um, so he gives him the gift and it's a little cross. And then Elder Scott, he starts telling him about the warning, like his dad warned him about vaginas right before he left. He starts giving him that speech. Uh, exact quote. Before I left, my father said, I'd rather you come home in a casket than dishonored. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, oh, but then we have to go for a very brief second and check in on Lewis and Nurse Ratched. And I can't tell if this scene ends with them fucking or him driving her to Piggly Wiggly. 
<laughs> so okay, and now the the van pulls up. Lozano gets his new partner, his like they his replacement Mormon. I love that, and the attitude is like, "Here's your new man child from Lehigh, Elder. Try not to fuck yes. this one up." <laughs> right? <laughs> so fucked up. Catholics treat their pedophile priests better than this. Yes. Like, what the fuck? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not when they fuck women consensually, though. Interestingly mm. enough. Yep. Fair um, point. Round upon. Yeah, okay. And then oh, we also have the moment where all the Mormons are pretty impressed with the hottie that Scott bagged. Yes! Oh it's God. this weird meta moment where they're just like, oh, that she's from Backdoor Sluts. Not That's that's good for him. <laughs> <laughs> and Lazaro has this great moment where he's like, that's not funny, man. And he's like, it's not a joke. Guys. He's just, that's just a great fucking hot. Lovely lady. Right. Yeah, I think they were all, they're all impressed because Farrell is like a Salt Lake City too. Right. And yeah. There's no way he was going to get like a hard seven. But, well, and that's the thing, right? That's again, that's this movie's whole shtick is like, man, being on a mission, you sure have to try hard not to get laid. Yeah. Yeah. So now we are going to finally check back in with with Carl and the interesting storyline. Uh, and they see the guy who killed Todd. They found the Latino person they were looking for in Los Angeles. Yes. <laughs> right. By driving around. And another super bizarre point, uh, a story point here. He's pushing a, a, a useless motorcycle. Why? Why? Is, yeah. Why is he pushing a motorcycle that doesn't run? It, like they just couldn't afford a running motorcycle? It's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> But quick, before that can get interesting, we have to go back to Lasano welcoming his new bunk buddy. But uh-oh, Elder Bleachy isn't coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> this is why you don't close the bathroom door, guys. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Give them one so free fun. second and they kill themselves. Yeah, so, and that's the thing. I was writing in my joke, in my notes as a joke. He <laughs> killed himself in their house, and he, but he did. He right. slit his fucking wrists in the bathroom. Right. This and movie. earlier when, when they were having the conversation about what a moral monster his father is, did you see he rolled up his sleeves? And I wrote in my notes a joke about, oh, perfect. Let's close the loop of the perfect moral catastrophe of this movie and have him kill himself. I was joking. <laughs> right. Yep. I was again, joking. This is one of those Ugh. things where like, if there were good actors or if anyone knew anything about suicide who had anything to do with this movie, it would be like really horrible and disturbing, except because it's Elder Mushmouth, he <laughs> has splayed himself out like the death of Lucretia and he has slid <laughs> one wrist across like his palm. Well, <laughs> sometimes though, it, it changes how many wrists he slit changes as we move from scene to scene. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> right, but in the, in the first discovery, it's just one wrist and he's bled like, I would say half a cup of blood into the yes. bathroom sink. I just wrote in my notes, that's right, kids. That's how suicide works. Oh, yeah. Make they, sure you nick the bottom of your hand. They open Look. the door. It's like The Shining. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I wanted Feral dead, just not this predictably. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, okay, so they drag him into the van. They're rushing him to the hospital. Don't worry. Someone brought the magical oil. Jesus fucking Christ. Doug, how many suicides did you oil up on your mission? I, honestly, I lost count. Come on. You got to admit, if you oil up a kid too much and he slips out of your hands as you're trying to save his life, that's just comedy. Right? Like, can't hold on to him. He's like one of those worms you get at the arcade. Eh? And he's like a watermelon seed. 
And the hilarious the, the the hilarious stakes of this scene are that oh my god we don't know his middle name when we put the Wesson oil yes! on his head so yes! maybe he's gonna God's gonna cure the wrong Scott Farrell somewhere and it'll be far <laughs> yes! fucking retarded. All right, so the Mormons show up with their suicidal buddy at the hospital. Then we cut back to Carl and his buddies, uh, who are by the way really bad at drive-bys, like even by the standards of this film. It's like me parking. Just like, no, reverse. Why would you think going out the same direction and then just pushing reverse again would get you further into the space? I wanted Cecil to come by and drag him out of the car. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So, yeah, so they run the guy over because they absolutely can't, like, line up and shoot at him at any point. And then Carl jumps out. and He's about to shoot him in the head, but wouldn't you know it, the guy starts being all religious and praying and stuff, and he just can't bring himself to be black anymore. He's becoming so delightsome. That's right. He <laughs> he can't kill now because a teenager made Jesus enter him when he was underwater, and yes. now he is virtuous. Yes. Okay, but he just ran over this guy with a car. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. You can have this moment in a movie, but not after the character has just hit someone with a car. The problem can't be, I don't know if I could finish the job. It's like he tortures him for 48 hours with a hot iron and a screwdriver. And it's like, all right, shoot him. Ah, Am I that kind of guy? (laughs) And the screaming, there was so much screaming when these guys are arguing about it. And I was just like, hey, fellas. You really want to pile a noise ordinance violation on top of attempted murder and a hit and run? Think about it. That's white people advice. Yes. You're not allowed to barbecue here or shoot this guy. (laughs) This is a no killing guys section of the park. All right. But so, so one of his buddies kills the dude instead. And then they drive off without him so that he can walk slowly home all montage from there. Right. Again, this movie is so stupid. It doesn't realize that the long walk they can't involve public transportation. Yes. So he, he mopes onto an escalator yes. and mopes onto public transit. Like he's swiping his card yes. mopey. Yes. If they had put if they had put the sad music from Charlie Brown over this, I would have died. I would yes. have been so happy. And then we actually get him on the subway looking out the window sadly. Like, it might as well have rain pouring down underground on the subway window. (laughs) So stupid. Just his window has rain on it. (laughs) Just go with Holly looking out a rainy window and then zoom out. She's in an orgy porn set. Yes. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then we head back to Lozano. He's in the hospital. The human lump shows up and a Holly's waiting with him in the hospital room, almost like they're in love. And this religion is terrible and kills people for stupid reasons. Nope, yeah. that, that would not happen. Yeah, well, right. right. Yeah, exactly. And that's the unrealistic moment in this movie, right? Like, yeah, I, I know he's not conscious, but he's still alone with her. And honestly, is it is it a good idea that she's alone in the room with him after he tried to kill himself for having sex with her? Shouldn't yeah, there be right. a therapist involved at this point in, in some fashion? Well, and I also oh. just have a note for the mission president, which is like, hey, man, if the place you see Elder Lozano most frequently is in the waiting room outside the ER, maybe, <laughs> maybe he's the problem. <laughs> Lozano, I got to tell you, we got to stop meeting like this. Literally, it's a whole 
<laughs> the whole thing. What are you doing out there, man? Right. But instead, he just sort of leans in the door and he's like, eh, there's worse pieces of asses to get yourself kicked out of a religion for. Am I right? Huh? <laughs> huh? Yes. And he doesn't go in to check on the well-being of nope. this poor kid. He just is like, what's she like? <laughs> it was so creeper. He's kind of peering through a half closed door, like, oh, yeah. I can almost see a knee. <laughs> I sure would love to absorb her. So, <laughs> so, all right. So he wakes up, Scott wakes up, and he needs to mansplain church to Holly for a little bit. And then she reminds him that Jesus forgives him no matter what he does. And then they're happy, but he still is going to be ostracized for the rest of his life, right? Ooh, ooh, can we talk about her super deep line? Oh, yes, please. Because you know whoever wrote this was like, guys, I've got it. <laughs> she turns to him and she goes, you don't have to die for your sins. Jesus already did. And the whole writer's room was just like breaking out. <laughs> yeah, party oh, heads. Man, they're they're like, crying. stop the clocks right there, guys. They will never move forward again in this room. <laughs> well, and I just, you know, looking at this poor, dumb, mush-faced kid laying in his bed with his bandages on it, whichever wrist he didn't cut, you know, he's, he's first he's had premarital sex with a fallen woman on his mission, and then a suicide attempt. He might as well just fuck it and watch a PG-13 movie and have a cup <laughs> of Sanka. Right? It's the devil's bitter tongue, boy. <laughs> All right, so now we get this moment. Okay, so we have this... This is another bizarre choice from the filmmakers. Carl's going to go to the beach and throw Ugh. his guns into the ocean. But this is there's, the best scene for, ever. For no reason, there's like 11 white people sitting around a fire having a little beach get-together that doesn't in any way factor into the scene except for the camera keeps cutting over to these white people going, what the fuck is he doing? And there's one yeah. girl who's just smiling. Yeah. Like, just like... I'm, that guy's throwing his gun, and I think he's having trouble swimming. He's not a strong swimmer. Like, <laughs> she's just loving it. Like, what the fuck is going through her head? Is that gang member atoning for murder and becoming a mortal? <laughs> guys, guys, I think we're in Act Three. Hear those violins? <laughs> yeah, that's it, an Abercrombie and Fitch ad happening. Like, yeah. right, twenty-five feet. From where he's throwing his gun <laughs> no, above God the tide line. So some kid's going to find yes, it when the tide yes. goes out. <laughs> yeah, what would you think if you saw a guy throw a gun and a clip into the ocean and then pull a Willem Dafoe from Platoon? Yeah. You would know something bad just happened. Yeah. I wanted her to just be like, I get it. Tough shift at work. We've all been there. Come on over. Yes. <laughs> We're making s'mores. You want a s'more? He's, he's busy drowning himself or something. I'll get him when he comes up. Can you do that, by the way? Can you just rebaptize yourself? Like, can, you just, can you just murder, rebaptize, murder, rebaptize? Like whenever you feel yes, like it? Yes, actually, he can. That's it's like how confession that works. way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now Lozano is going to visit Carl's place, and he's brought a spare Mormon, of course. And they're going over pictures of dead Todd when Carl shows up. Spare Mormon seems absolutely terrified to have a large black man in the room with him, right? I, I am convinced this wasn't an acting choice, that that actor was just like, black guy, black guy! And they were like, you know what? This is the take where he didn't shout black guy. Let's use it. Come on, people. Well, also, I, I think that actor had, had determined that black people only see movement. So if he just stayed as still as possible, they wouldn't know he was there. The black guy's going around. 
So, <laughs> hey man, calm down. Why are you singing Amazing Grace? Just, yeah. just relax. You seem scared and a little bit, something, something weird's going on. All right. So, but then, okay. Why, what the fuck is the forehead to forehead pressy thing that my cat does when I forget to feed him that happens between Lozano and Carl here? Right. They know, cuddle, right? It's, it, it's, Funny, but it's also really fucking sad because what it says is, you know, there's there's moments in this movie where the director clearly is like, yeah, this is how human beings in crisis might behave. And and every once in a while, he kind of reaches out and finds one of those. But the rest of the time, it's like, yeah, fuck it. My agenda is way more important than any real human connection. Yeah. Uh huh. And then he promises to stay. He says, yeah, I'm not leaving. I'll be here. I mean. Is he is he moving in? I know they have a spare bedroom now. <laughs> He's just looking through Todd's stuff. There's a lot of like hand drawn pictures of Todd killing people. I gotta say, guys, I think it was maybe for the best. I don't want to be that guy, but don't close the bathroom door. Look, his Jordan's fit. That's weird. Huh. Where should yes. I put my stuff? <laughs> And then, okay, then Scott's mom shows up to pick him up, right? And he's like, where's dad? And she's like, yeah, about that. Remember, I've got some bad news. The guy who told you to die rather than be dishonored didn't handle this little surprise well. I know it's a real shock. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Maybe dad killed himself. I hope dad killed himself. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole time, you know, every contact that he's had with the the milkmaid whore next door. I'm just like same with Eli. Eli, I'm like, please just stay with her. Just stay. <laughs> Abandon the people who filled your head with this garbage and want you to kill yourself. Happiness stay is and be staring happy. you in the face. Stay for fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, and that's the fucked up thing about this movie. It's like it's like the guy who made it was fucking with him because at the end of this movie, like everyone's problem goes away if they stop being Mormon. Exactly. Right, right. Like all of the conflict just disappears and evaporates in the like the fucking morning dew. If they all just go, you know, this Mormonism shit isn't helping us at all. Yep. And I have a wonderful like story that really cheered me up. So when we announced this movie last week, a listener <laughs> reached out to me on Facebook and told me that like he saw this movie just before his mission. And then when he was on his mission, he had sex with a girl he met and realized that like he really liked the girl. And he was so freaked out by this movie that he just called his parents and he was like, I'm not Mormon anymore. And he married that girl and they're still together and have two kids. And I love that one of our listeners is the happy ending version of this movie. He was just like, oh, pussy's fantastic. Fuck it. (laughs) And that's a real, that guy just reached out to me. He was like, that movie scared me into a better life. Enjoy it. (laughs) Yay. Good thing, movie. Good job. All right. Now, you might be worried that with all these disparate plot lines going on, they won't find a way to wrap this all up and in they a don't. sensible manner. <laughs> no! <laughs> this is the weirdest fucking shit ever. Everyone's, like, hugging Scott to see him off, and then they're distracted by a living nativity scene. Uh, including Carl, by the way. Carl is here for some reason. Yeah, right. Why? Yeah. But yeah, so there's a living nativity scene complete with a baby that they've just left baking in the Santa Monica sun for, you know, symbolic reasons. Ah, uh, traditional passing of the stranger's baby. And then they pass around. Yeah, yeah. they pass the baby like around a strangers. Is that like I wanted somebody to just like grab the baby and run just like for a second <laughs> to fuck with everybody. <laughs> Come back around the side. 
Yeah, I, I've, it was so fucking, first of all, you know, Farrell might still have been a little dopey from blood loss or ketchup loss, but if you find a bunch of bored ass people standing in a shack in Iron Age drag emotionally moving, you, you might be insane. And then, <laughs> and then they, they reenact the, the end of mother, right? It's like, don't pass the baby around. <laughs> Do not pass that baby around. <laughs> All right, so then he he goes to Scott goes to put the baby back, but he pulls a psych out, you know, and then everyone one at a time takes a knee to pray because now the movie's over. I don't <laughs> think they're praying. I think they're kneeling to uh, they're they're kneeling in the presence of a miracle. Doug, didn't you think that? <laughs> I honestly did not know what was happening at this point. Yeah. Like there's a live action it's a Christmas movie. I forgot. Oh yeah. Here, <laughs> yeah. take my baby. <laughs> Here, you take the baby. No, you take the baby. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, and takes hand, a it, bite. hand it to the weepy emotional basket case who doesn't want to give it back. And yeah. doesn't want to live anymore. Yeah. And, and what's amazing is the woman who plays Mary kind of sees this and she's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and take that baby back. From the <laughs> nice and slow. You're going through a thing and we're going to have you not go through that with the baby. There you go. Give me the baby before they hit you with the taser because that will be a big scene. I'm pretty sure this ending scene is just ha what happened in real life when this cast saw a manger. All, <laughs> all right, I'll just keep rolling. This works. And yeah, and that's the end of the movie. And we know that because now the credits are on, oh, right? Sweet relief. <laughs> all right. Exactly. So maybe there's some Mormon symbolism that I'm missing here, but was the point of the movie making it to the credits? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. Other than everybody should be ashamed of everything they've ever done, except the, <laughs> the, the garbage bag full of white privilege. I don't know what the moral yeah. is. I, do, I yeah. cannot tease it out. I, I feel like the moral is hang in there. The credits will come eventually. That's what it was for me anyway. <laughs> right. All right. So, Mark, Doug, we're done with this movie, but perhaps our listeners aren't quite done with you. So if they're not ready to avoid their ear holes or your wit and wisdom, where might they go to find a little more? Well, you can find us and our devilry over at thehowtoheretic.com or on Stitcher and iTunes or any pod blaster. We have a Facebook page that Dan hasn't updated since the Korean War, but uh, <laughs> I'm a lively scamp on Twitter at HowToHeretic, so find us there. All right, excellent. Well, guys, thanks so much for helping us out today and helping us decipher this piece of shit. I, I love you and I hate you for making me watch this. Thanks, guys. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, guys. It's in you forever now. <laughs> It was there all along. Yeah. And well, that's going to do it for our review of God's Army 2 States of Grace. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to reapply for this job next week. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. Bible Man, episode one. Going all the way back to the beginning. The origin story, if you will. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 150 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to Mark and Doug for hanging out with us today, and a perhaps even huger thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful, and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist Citation Needed and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast Podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosting, I'm No Illusions. Promise to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club clothes. 
Holly and Scott went on to have an extremely lucrative career in the niche market of Mormon cutter porn. <laughs> Lewis and the old lady that owned the church fucked. Holly found a nice podcaster to be with. He also never returned her phone calls. <laughs> Elder Farrell went home to Idaho, where his loving Mormon father buried him alive in a solemn ceremony <laughs> attended by his entire community. Pineapple Sprite Punch and ham buns were served. Ha! <laughs> yeah, but if you... Oh, I'm, blue. I'm blue. I'm blue. I'm pink. Sorry. I got excited. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.